Welcome to the Nick and Matt Show. Bringing the player interviews you want to hear and the hot topics you want to discuss. Streaming live on the Foundation Podcast YouTube channel, here's Nick and Matt. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning into the show tonight. I'm actually here in Massachusetts for episode 69, so I'm super excited to be hanging out with my boys Evan and Matt tonight. And uh, we're just going to have a fun night talking with the offseason. I know we have Wes Shinovar coming on around 7.30. And then other than that, we'll just be hanging out, having a good time, talking offseason. Nick, I can't believe how last episode you were in studio. Was that with um, when we had the big, large group and Jeff Korn's resistance discs? I think so. Because <laughs> I was here the week after that, too, for my sister's wedding. So I wonder if I was in studio for that one as well. But I can't remember now. Anyways, that so back in September was the last time that I wow. was here in Massachusetts. That's months ago. So this is a Crazy. special occasion in studio as mm-hmm. always. And you saw from our back camera there, there's Evan. Um, we're glad to have him. Stat Mando. Uh, totally appreciate what they bring. Uh, you got some Satter fiction lined up for tonight? I do, of course. What would what would it be like if he walked in? He's like, nothing. Got nothing. I just want to be on the show tonight. I don't know, man. With how quick he comes up with stats, though, I'm sure he could come out with the Statter fiction within... <laughs> Two minutes. I mean, realistically. Yeah, you're probably not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I think he did that actually for us. He did that for us. Was it? Well, oh. not not quite. But like we were like, hey, we need extra stats. Yeah, yeah I think did. I changed two out of three. Yep. All right. Uh, I'm gonna be busy switching all six cameras tonight, so I'm gonna do my best with that. Um, Nick, it is episode 69. I was away last week. Did we? We did a show last week, and then I traveled to. Wisconsin. And while out there, I made sure to make time. Well, not quite made sure, but it worked out. A few of our fans, our listeners hit us up and we're like, Hey, if you're in this area, let me know. I'll get in around. So somebody hit me up. I was close enough, got in around and it was actually a really nice course. And while I'm out there, I shared a story and, um, Terry Miller, Hits me up. It's like, dude, that's where Johnny V and like, I like, I think he said grew up. Like that was like our home course. So I've played a very famous course in Wisconsin. Uh, No kidding. I'm trying to remember the name of it now. It was some, oh, oh, hair. I don't remember now. I haven't been out there yet. Minnesota and Wisconsin are two of the courses or two of the states that I do want to play. And I've heard a ton of good things about them, especially with Blue Ribbon Pines and then the preserve, obviously. But I've not had a chance yet to get out there and play. Well, so while I'm there, <clears throat> he said I could tell you. This guy who I'm playing with goes, like, how much to buy the show? And I'm like, interesting. So we start talking. And some numbers were said, Nick, and I'm not proud, but I turned them all down. And I didn't consult you. We're talking a lot of money. What what entails with buying the Nick and Matt show? Exactly, like my that's, question. I'm kind of you know that I'm was my curious. <laughs> we'll, we'll, at, at nine o'clock, we'll do like a you know subscriber only debrief afterwards, and everyone can. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. And uh, yeah, so he curious. he's like, "Well, remember me for the future. I'll be your money guy." And I'm like, "Huh." Part of the deal was him coming on the show every now and then. And I was like, "Huh." For the right price. I know. know. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you the price and you'll be shocked. (laughs) Uh, I'll just say this. Six figures. Nick's already. (laughs) 
Are you serious? Like, I'm bro. Yeah. Why did that you call me? Sense? <laughs> Nick yeah, hasn't even exactly. heard this yet. It's yeah. like one hundred dollars <laughs> point zero. No, I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we will talk about that off the air, but I just throw it out there. Anybody want to bid higher than a six figure number? Like maybe we'll consider it. That's all I can Seven say. Seven figure, we yeah. will give you the show and you can be on every week and tell me exactly yeah. what to say. <laughs> I'll tell you what to say. You cannot say gyro. You have to say gyro. <laughs> all right, we're turning it down. And you have to say Jeff. <laughs> okay. Nope, nope, I couldn't do it. Getting carried away. Uh, there it was. Oh, Hauser. Oh, Hauser Park. Someone commented, so... <clears throat> All right. Uh, that was fun anyways. Um, and then one other thing that happened this past week. You, why are you up here mainly? Is there like a reason? Yeah, main reason is uh, the winter team challenge that we do here in New England um, and in New York as well. And so my team plays in the A-pool along with Matt's team. Actually, they're both in the A-pool. Um, it's funny because before it was Team Buff, which is the one that I play on. And actually, Matt introduced me to that team years and years ago. And then they made some roster changes. And then they also came out with another team called Two Buff, which we are Two Buff, which originally was kind of like the farm team. But I mean, not going to lie, you guys are kicking some ass. I saw a pretty sweet walk off ace go on at your last match against Topo. Um, so what are you guys now, like three and oh? No, two and we, one, two and one. Okay. So we, we lost up at BSR at their home, but we were close. Uh, we, we beat lost BSR, BSR at home back, you know, two years ago. Yeah, I no. would venture to say, yeah. Nick, I really hope we get to play the original buff because if that happens, oh, for the neutral match, if that happens, there yeah. will be money going down for I'll, sure. I'll throw money on anything. I and I'm going to kick myself later for saying this, but I, I would bet so much money our team would beat yours right now. So I think <laughs> that's neut- what I'm ne- thinking. Neutrality wise, I think if we pick a neutral course, it's anyone's game. True. You guys have a ton of young studs right now. Just really, you know, making names for themselves in our area. And uh, our team right now, a couple of the guys, they got injuries. I mean, I have to travel from Virginia to come all the way up this way. We lost one of our players who was good. Casey isn't on the team anymore because he's down in Florida. So, I mean, a lot of our players who we were kind of, you know, banking on for the season that we had in 2019 before COVID hit, you know, that team, we were the 6-0, and the undefeated team trying to make a push at finals. And, um, you know, it just kind of... You know, two years go by, COVID hits in a different way. We lose some players. You guys gain some players. And uh, no, I'm excited for it, though. But we had a match against Crane. Uh, reason, one of the main reasons why I wanted to come up was actually because we were playing them. I know a ton of the guys on their team, all super cool. The two girls on their team are great. And um, I actually had my first doubles loss in two and a half years. That match. Yeah. Binley and, Binley and I lost by two. I looked at your score and you shot hotter than anyone else. We, your we would have been any other team that we played against. Well, that, and it was the best for your team. Yeah, exactly. And so Binley and, and I still lost. Binley and I play great. And uh yeah, I, I had a I had a lackluster. We didn't hit any putts outside of 40 feet, which was but really it wasn't you know, that bad of a you beat everybody on your team. Nah, I mean, you kind of look at it where it's just like, you know, the first round is the first <laughs> You're round. such a disc golfer. Oh, You're yeah. like, it wasn't good enough. No, nah, the, the first round though, when we were playing match play, the guy I was playing against, I was eight down through nine holes. And so I had like four points in the first nine holes because I was just you know eight the, down through nine holes. Yeah, I, I was killing it the first round. It wasn't I missed one putt the first hole. I slipped on some leaves on my back foot. On that, I hit I hit pretty much everything. And um Second round, throwing okay drives, just wasn't getting them far. I was also play, kind of playing that layout okay. a little blind. <laughs> okay, so listen, but, this is good, but people are literally like yelling at us, like, what is team challenge? So, do you want me to explain it? Do you think that's why they're yelling? I'll, I'll give it, I'll give a brief little thing. It's so it's a winter league that we do here in New England. We played, I'm just going to use an example. 
Team Buffenville, say we're playing the other team buff, the two buff guys. <laughs> it's 20 on 20. So the first round, you do singles match play. Whoever wins after X amount of holes, you play all 18 if you have to. Um, if you win it, that counts as one point. If you guys push, it's zero points. And if you lose it, obviously the other team gets one point. You add up all the scores at the end of the first round. And then in the second round, you play 18 holes of stroke play in doubles. So every team picks their doubles teams. You throw one out. So say it's me and Evan. We put our names up and then all of a sudden it's Matt and Vaughn. And so now we're playing against them. 18 holes of stroke play. It cannot end in a tie. You have to go to a playoff if you guys are tied up at the end of it. And then whoever wins, uh, if you win your doubles match, it's two points. So when all is said and done, you know, whoever has the most points wins. It's a super, super fun time. Great camaraderie. Ton of trash talking, which is actually probably one of my favorite parts about it. And at lunchtime, we have like a good spread. Every team, whoever's hosting the match. Um, puts together a great spread. You have some great food. Um, a lot of people will bring different beers from their local breweries. Um, that's something that I've appreciated over the years. It's a huge potluck. It's like yeah. a barbecue, exactly. cookout, whatever. Like it's, it's honestly, it's, it's in the, the cold most, though. It's the most, yeah, exactly. It's all wintertime. So you're in the cold, but at the same time, you're having so much fun in a sense and you're competing. Like I, I'm just obsessed with competing. And so when I Which win, when I, I was going to ask you about, yeah. <clears throat> so it's different than a tournament. Mm -hmm. um, it's unsanctioned, obviously. It's unsanctioned, but. And it could be just where I'm at currently with my disc golf <laughs> career. <laughs> but like, I really, really, really enjoyed New England Team Challenge. Like, it's very different to me than a tournament. Yeah. And I still get the competitive drive. It's a, in golf isn't a team camaraderie sport, but I get a little bit of that. But it still rests on you to win your match. Mm -hmm. It's it's really interesting. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? We've, yeah, we've had plenty of matches where, like, you know, I've lost a singles match before that had I just won that one singles match, bam, our team potentially wins. And a lot of people can say that, but I've had a moment, it was like three years ago, four years ago, where I played a guy, we were playing a neutral match. We ended up pushing. And so we got zero points for our teams. But had I won that match, team buff would have won that neutral match. So it's super fun. Like I said, it's very competitive. It's also it's very friendly at the same time. Like you've been playing with these same people for years. You know, you have to start out at the lower level pool. Like, let's say you start out in the E pool every year. You try to make your way up until you get into the A pool. Both Matt and I, our teams are in the A pool right now. So we've been playing against the same people for years and years. And so just coming back, you know, I live in Virginia now. I don't get to see all my homies. And so being able to see all my teammates every single time we play, we go out to this local bar in Worcester. We get some great food, you know, have some drinks. And it's just a great time to see all my friends again. So it makes it well worth the trip, even though we lost as a team. Uh, it makes it well worth the trip coming up here and playing Team Challenge, which my goal is to play the next three, qualify for finals. If I can keep getting cheap enough plane tickets, then I'll 100% be able to come up for them. But if, I mean, it's like a $350 plane ticket, I don't know if I want to do that drive again. I've done that drive. <laughs> Nick and Matt times. show will start paying to fly you up. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> Having you in studio is a dream, Nick. No. It's, dude, it's, it's awesome. It's funny. Cause I, you know, when I was playing, we're warming up and you know, it's eight 30 in the morning. It's only 30 degrees. Out. I'm warming up with some really good friends of mine, Kyle Moriarty, Joe Yak. Um, and I'm literally just walking them, watching them walk up the fairway after I threw my disc. And I'm like, dang, this is one of those moments where like, you know, you wish you still lived somewhere. <laughs> And I'm like, man, I wish I still lived in Mass for this specific. Just, you know, seeing all my really, really close friends. I have a ton of incredible friends. And my girlfriend lives in Virginia. So, obviously, you know, I'm not moving from there anytime soon. 
but at the same time, it is good to come back. One million dollars. Yeah. Oh yeah, seven figures. I'd be back. <laughs> yeah, I, I could convince her to be okay with that. I'm sure. Oh man. So team challenge is fantastic. You mentioned your team lost. My team won in dramatic fashion, as you mentioned. Uh, it came down to where like we ha- we were down in singles the first round. Then we were we had to win six of our ten matches or six of our eight or whatever it was. I don't remember now, but we won just enough to tie. We, I mean, won. <laughs> yeah. We won enough of our doubles matches to tie. So we go from a tie to you put up two of your best players versus two of their best players. And it can be anybody. And you just start on a sudden death playoff. Our first guy steps up, probably is going to give himself a long putt for a birdie. And then our second guy steps up and literally skip aces it in. New England is like, what? This might be the first time that's ever happened, like a playoff win with an ace, right? And this, I say kid, I think he's probably 20 now. I apologize. Harry Chase. Uh, the I, ca- reason- I call everyone a kid. Like, I'll be like, oh, yeah, my friend Matt, you know, good kid over there. And he's <laughs> freaking kid. six years older than me with five kids or four kids. You know, like <laughs> Six years just, older, five kids. Yeah. Ten years older, four kids. Yeah. No. Whatever. <laughs> what up, kid? So, um, So where I'm going with this is like, Harry Chase tells me like during lunch that day, he's like, uh, so one somehow it came up Nick and Matt show because of course I'm gonna bring it up, and he's like, oh you're Nick and Matt show? He's like, I'm sorry I don't listen but like I've heard you guys, and then he's like, I just want you to know, I just want you to know that like I didn't know anything really about like disc golf being competitive. I didn't know it was a pro sport. I didn't know any of this until kids disc golf happened and you guys ran. The junior championships, U.S. junior championships at Smugs. I saw it. We went up there. We competed. I had zero idea about the future opportunities. But since that day, I've, like, dedicated myself to playing. And I go, you good now? He goes, yeah, I'm pretty good. He's like, I'm, like, 990 rated right now. And I'm like, dang, dude. Like, you're going from, like, just getting into it a couple years later. Is he from Mass? He's from Rhode Island, which, you know, is not a big scene there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So Harry Chase... He's the one who throws the ace. And I was just like, it's just an epic full come around story. Like he does it. He gets the ace. It's the video. It's on video. That's the other epic part. Mm-hmm. He's just like whipping his hat. Like everyone's screaming. It was excellent team win. Uh, and he did it. So, so that's team challenge. I've had people hit me up in the past. Be like, can I get more information on team challenge? And I'm like, I'm not the man in charge. There's a lot going on up here. <sighs> Honestly, Nick, who would I send them to? Like, I feel like. There's so many people they could get in contact with, but it's really cool. Probably even Google it, New England Team Challenge, see if you can find some of the right people. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, we don't need to leave Evan out of the whole conversation, Evan, if you have anything. <laughs> speak up. No, I'm doing good. And um, we are going to be bringing in Wes Shinovar of Discraft. And I say of Discraft, he's a team manager or a team. Team captain. Team Maybe captain. team manager of uh, Discraft Underground. Underground, yeah. And I think he'll add a great voice. We aren't interviewing him. But he'll be a great voice for uh, adding his opinions. And so we thought we'd bring him in. So, Nick, disc golf, I talked about team challenge, but disc golf is still happening. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is there are pro players out there, touring pro players who are still playing, uh, A-tiers and whatever else, and they're, like, winning and getting seconds and thirds and, like, posting and, hey, I just did this and that. And I think to myself... What is it about competition that's driving these people to still compete? Like, and I'm just going to, I haven't said any names yet, but I'm going to say like Paul Macbeth, not competing as far as I know, 
Are there any tournaments coming up you might play? Maybe. Um, Ricky Wysocki. Nope. Okay, Nick says no. Ricky Wysocki. I don't see him competing and posting about it. Like, so those are our two of our bigger names. There's a lot of other names, but like, what's the difference in players? And like, why, why would they do it? Why would you do it? If someone hits you up to like play a tournament in the off season here, Nick, like what is it about the off season that yeah. compels these players to still play? It's funny. I, uh, I just played a C tier a couple weekends ago. It was the Saturday after Thanksgiving actually. And a uh, little chilly morning. Okay. Afternoon. I lost in a playoff, which was, you know, I think I talked about it last week, actually. Um, Paul and Ricky and Eagle and a bunch of other guys, they've earned the right to not have to compete in the offseason. You know, they're not trying to make a name for themselves because they've already made the name for themselves. These other guys, though, that are out there and other women that are out there as well, they still, you know, rely on tournament winnings to, you know, get by for the next month, maybe the next week. Um, they rely on bonuses and that kind of clout that you get i know terry miller was just filming some events down in florida and so players you know our friend good friend casey white um if he goes out and snags an a-tier win you know in december that's pretty huge one in a-tier win is usually a pretty good bonus structure with your team whatever team you're playing for an a-tier win just in general is a good feeling it's usually a thousand dollars or more for a tournament winnings from an a-tier and uh you just kind of join that club of you know you're an a-tier winner and i think casey has multiple a-tier wins now at this point biggest one being greater harford probably um, but yeah, a lot of these players right now, especially if the weather's nice, I mean, I'll tell you this at the end of the season, I was so looking forward to just kind of like get my body back in shape, you know, not having to worry about going out an hour away and practicing a course and not going out to a field and practicing rather than just, I want to go out and redefine my backhand or redefine my forehand, whatever. Um, and then it's funny because now that tournaments are over currently, you know, for the off season, I'm like, dang, I really wish I lived in like Florida or something where I could still compete, you know, at least it's just fun. Uh, tournaments, man, they're, they're a great time. It's tough to, uh, it's tough to give an exact reason why people would still be out there playing. But I think for the most part, it's really just, you know, it's, it helps out them. It helps out their sponsorship. It gives them more abilities to get into the next role of their, you know, disc golf life. And then obviously it's, you're honing in your skills. You're you're building that tournament pressure. I only became decent at tournaments when I started playing more and more tournaments. I've obviously lost way more times than I've won, but at the same time, you build that maturity of like, now I'm not as nervous on this 20, 25 foot putt. I don't feel those jitters that I used to because I'm more confident now that I've hit this putt thousands of times before. And playing tournaments is one of the biggest things to help you out. And then right now in disc golf, we do, you know, we have the rating system and playing well at tournaments boosts up your rating. I know. Next year or the year after that, it's going to be tougher to play at Pro Tour events unless you're 1,000 rated or above. I don't know exactly when that's going to be implemented, but for the most part, touring disc golf is going to be strictly for touring disc golfers. And so playing tournaments in the offseason, if that's, you know, I was kind of nervous actually when I played that C tier. I was like, you know what? I haven't played well at this course before. I don't really like it. But at the same time, I did want to try to end the year on a high note. I ended up averaging my, my rating at it, which was, you know, good. But at the same time, if I shoot 980s at it, I just have a bad weekend and all of a sudden I drop below 1,000, that potentially is detrimental for me trying to sign up for Pro Tour events next year. Or, you know, it puts me, because of 1,000 rated players get the first pick at it and there's a decent amount of them now, and then 970 and above, it's pretty much who has, you know, the faster internet at the time. So that's one thing. If you're trying to boost up your ratings, make sure you get above that 1,000 mark threshold, then keep on playing. Or for women, I, I don't know the women's is a 900 or above. I'm not really sure for their signups. 
Yeah, I'll have to relook at that. It is lower for sure. I think it's interesting the points you made. I actually think you're probably spot on, like for the most part. I just beg to wonder though, like competition and playing tournaments, like is a drive for some people. Like that's why they play well, disc golf, okay. and it's like you know, Evan, if you can help us out quick, go to go to Schwebby's page for this year. That dude has played, I think he's going to finish the year at like 40 tournaments. Yeah, and he's done every tier of event. Like yeah, he just and, plays whatever. And event, he's yeah. winning the majority of them. I think he's got over 33 wins this year, which, right. you know, is close to the record. I think someone right. had like 42 wins one year. So he does that. But, well, yeah. Did you see the Statmando tweet about it? Yeah, that? I was going to okay. say, you tweeted about it, right? Yeah, or yeah. The Statmando page tweeted. Yeah, Schweberger was wondering if he had the most wins. Um, and it, I'm like, uh, Raul Arborez, I yeah. think. But he has a lot of uncontested wins. There's a lot to discuss within that. But yeah, Schreiber, I think he has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight losses on the season in MP40, and then probably 50 50 in open. Not going to lie, one of those losses in open is against yours truly. Nick Carl. <laughs> no. First of all, people want you to chat in the chat. They like that when you do that. They're, I'll, they're I'll put it up. Right I'll put it up on my phone. It's like he second. can't do it. Yeah, I know. I don't have a couch. computer in front of me this time, but okay. I'll put it up on my phone. No. Um, okay. But I, I did just want to say that, like, you know, I played, I think, over 20 events this year. Uh, a few pro tours did okay at those. I played a lot of local events, did okay at those. And at the end of the season, I was pretty, pretty worn out. And especially just, you know, with life in general, it hits you at the same time. But now that I'm not competing, like, to be honest, I, I've got a couple things in the works that I'm really working on, but man, I do miss, I miss competing. You know, it's, it's been, it's one of the reasons why it, you know, it's one of the main reasons why I play disc golf is I want this, to, I want to have that title of like when I won tour to Richmond or new quarter at no, or no quarter at new quarter. Like, you know, when you go back and you got a couple one, first place trophies, like it's a good feeling. And then it's funny enough. Cause when I go back to the house I live at, you know, I live with Paul and Hannah. And I go back in there and when you step right in, there's just the 2019 world's trophy <laughs> or like something, you know, just these, these really, really cool trophies. And so you kind of look at it every single day and you're like, ah, oh, man, as much as I love the off season, I just want to, I kind of want to get back out there, especially, you know, I'll, I'll make it official right now, but I did actually just resign with Discraft. This will be my first full year playing for the tour team of team Discraft. So super excited about that. Be on the lookout for some future endeavors that are going to, or some future projects that are happening with that. But um right. yeah, believe me. If I if I lived in Florida right now or in those states where it's, you know, 60, 70, 80 degrees still, I if there was an A tier, B tier or something like that, I'd 100% be playing it. That's that's kind of what I'm getting at. I mean, Eagles not playing. There's all these like top I don't know. Is did Calvin just play? Yeah, Calvin just played yeah. that one down in Florida. Calvin Calvin's one of those players who does play those A tiers down in Florida. He 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 generally plays those. He's, Dickerson he's sometimes Florida. goes down. Yeah, Dickerson I mean, sometimes and even goes down to those. If you got if you got the nice weather, why not? You know, it's still that's kind of what I'm thinking. Is yeah. like part of it's weather, part of it yeah. is status. Talk about this. I mean, you get you got an A tier. Calvin Heinberg, Rivera is what top ten player in the world. You got him going to an A tier. Hot take. I don't think he's top five. Oh, I said top ten. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying. I had so to throw it out there. So, uh, um, <laughs> let's say he wins it. Okay. Let's say he makes 1300 bucks off the A tier. Innova probably has a pretty decent bonus structure. Don't know exactly what it is, but let's just throw out a number. Let's say he gets $1,000 for winning an A tier as a bonus. You're talking now he just made 23, 2400 bucks to play a weekend worth, worth of disc golf. Yeah. I mean, if you're that good and, you know, you don't have this massive, con like, you know, Paul's got a big contract. He's not, 
looking at all of his tournament winnings this year went to the Paul Macbeth Foundation. So he's not playing for the money in that sense of it. But there are still players that are out there who, you know, that's, you know, monthly changing money, not yearly changing. But I mean, Nathan Queen winning 30,000 bucks. I mean, <laughs> you, you put on a tournament, eventually tournaments, eight tiers are going to be $5,000 to win an A tier. Competition is going to be so hard that it's going to be hard to win it. But at the same time, you know, what's sad that I just thought of, and this is just off the cuff, mm-hmm. Nate Queen. Wait, Nathan. Nathan. <laughs> oh my goodness. You did it. I think that's the first time we did it on the show. That's the first time. Yeah. Uh, isn't that, wait, what movie is that? Uh, cars. I have kids, right? Is it cars? The show where it's like Nathan McQueen, lightning McQueen, lightning. Why am I saying Nathan? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Nate McQueen, Nathan Light- Queen, Lightning McQueen. It's, you know, we're, we're getting there. We're, all we're right. All right. Out. So s- slow, <laughs> slow down. Um, so him winning an event that big every month still doesn't even make him a half or even a third of what Paul McBeth makes a year. Not winning. That's how big of a disparity there is between like winning events and your yeah. contract. Well, that's all right. Nick's Nick's pulling up, getting ready to chat. But at the same time, you think about that 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 tournament that he won for thirty thousand bucks. He doesn't just make like I'll I'll use a better example. Mm-hmm. James Conrad wins what twenty thousand dollars at Worlds this year. Yeah, but it's probably five hundred or something. Okay, so sixteen five twenty three, whatever, whatever it was. But at the same time, winning Worlds one you get a bonus, two. You get discs with your name on it now that are world champion discs. And then they came out with a stupid amount of those envies, like an insane amount. I mean, just off of winning worlds, James probably made over $300,000. And so you, Nathan Queen wins $30,000 at that one tournament. But now, you know, commemorative discs come out with his name on it. Maybe he makes another 30K off of those. And all, and all of a sudden, that one tournament win turns into a $70,000 paycheck, potentially, for Nathan Queen. And then how does his neck? next contract look yeah he gets exactly that, that on to his next contract james is going to get a hefty payday from yeah, mvp or exactly. whoever he goes to even even just players not even winning a major right now but even just players winning elite series you know kyle klein adam hammis connor o'reilly all these different players who came out this year and won an elite series event they get to now go to their contracts and now that contracts are becoming more publicly known agencies are coming into the equation look at all the offseason moves that are being made right now and a lot of them with dgpm you know, kind of, you know, in the front seat of those. Cole Rodolin, I mean, a couple more players with that. DGPM has been, you know, in the works with a lot of different things. Yeah, so I guess to kind of wrap up that conversation is some people are just going to choose to compete, but I, I am probably making way too large of a jump here to say that, like, I don't know. I, I was just thinking, like, it's a status thing. Like, choosing not to compete as a status like to make that like point like <laughs> i just compete when i want to for money but everybody competes when they want to i just feel like some are trying to take advantage and probably rightfully so of the off season to earn a little extra cash make their sponsors proud all that so that's good um all right i did want to say something really quick because now i i did briefly jump in the chat i've got it pulled up on my phone i'm not going to be able to comment as much obviously um but I did Obviously. actually see people commenting about the hat that I'm wearing. Mm-hmm. This is, it was shown on Simon's vlog. Lean actually. into the camera a little bit. I'm going to lean in. Someone said the Vegas Knights logo. There you go. Um, so it is actually my new logo. Uh, there's NC written in the middle of it for Nick Carl. And um, 
I have a tattoo of a knight on my arm. That's one of the reasons why I went with kind of the knight logo. It Judge wasn't just that the, disc golfer. Yeah, it wasn't just the simple, <laughs> you know, NC. I wanted to add a little bit more into it. There's still going to probably be some tweaks made to it, but for right now, this is the first run. This actually, my buddy and I went and made this hat just before I came here to Massachusetts. But yeah, you guys finally get an official look at my brand, which will be the night. I have some really, really cool pictures, but I'm not going to show those right now. But I have some <laughs> sick stuff coming out. Um, anyways, cool so, photos. Yeah. Um, that is cool, Nick. You've been working on that for a while. We, yeah. Evan and I have had the inside scoop for a little while, yeah. and, and Nick kept like being years. like, yeah, we yeah. can't show yeah, it. Yeah, years, I wish. <laughs> nah, decent, decent amount of time now. I'm, I'm super... You know, I'm super pumped for it. It came out. It, it does resemble, like, I love old medieval medieval stuff. One of my favorite movies is Braveheart. I love the old, kind of like Knights in Armor. I just, I love all of that. Game of Thrones was one of my favorite shows. It's Knight Carl. Yeah. Nicholas yeah, Carl. Exactly. Someone, Nick, was it you Nick. who said that? Yeah, I said Yeah, Nick you called Carl. me Knight Carl. Yeah. Knight, Car- Knight Carl. Yeah. And um, so no, like an it's, it's very similar. <laughs> I, you know, I, I can't show it right now, but it's very similar to the tattoo that I have on my arm. Oh, you can show. Yeah, I, <laughs> I have to delayer. I'm pretty sure I have a long sleeve shirt on uh, underneath, so I don't want to, you know, strip down right now. But there was, I don't remember who I was talking to, but it, it all comes back to Paul having like the farmer's tan. Did you notice that when he was on our show? Oh right yeah, there? okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And someone else was talking about it, and then someone started saying how funny it would be if we had a segment where the goal of whether it was Evan and Nick, Nick, like. Yeah. You're, you being here, you seem like the guest because you're sitting on the couch. But yeah, it was know, like, right? can we, can we get our guest to like take off their shirt? Like, how, like what would it I mean, take to, to make that happen? You throw five bucks at me right now, you know, I'll, I'll start going piece by piece. We'll play a little poker. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It was just a funny but, uh, idea. Like yeah. they can't know that you're trying to be like, where's that tattoo? Yeah, you're exactly. Like, you just keep working it until yeah. they're like, fine, I'll just show you. Yeah. And you're like, yes, we win. It's it's funny because the, uh, so the night, the night's on my outer arm and uh, on my inner arm, there's a shield with my last name in it. But it's funny because there's so many disc golf logos out there that involve a shield. And so I was like, all right, you know, as much as I love shields, you know, I think they're sick. I literally have one tattooed on me. I'm not going to go with that. I'm going to go with the night. We're going to make something cool out of it. So it's kind of like the front, you know, face mask of the night has my initials in it. And then I've got my ribs done. I plan on finishing up kind of my, you know, upper body that if I'm wearing a short sleeve, you can see the bottom of it. But um, I do love tattoos. I think they're great. Yeah. Once, you get, once you get one, it's tough to knock out anymore. It's like having a good beer. Once you have one. <laughs> You can't just have that one. I don't know. <laughs> I, have have, I had three, but yeah. it was half. It was exactly. quarter or whatever. I had a, I had the equivalent of a beer. Someone goes, good day, Sir Nicholas. If I could good ever, day. if I could find out how to get knighted <laughs> in the world, that'd be sick. So it's funny. I, that just brings me to a super off topic point. Um, my brother has his PhD in chemistry. And apparently, if you get your PhD in Finland, they present to you with your diploma a top hat. And a sword, and I think swords are badass. Well, and Nick, so I was like, "Sounds like you need I'm a PhD." Not going back to school. I will. T- that would be. That, that would take me so long. The but at the PhD. same time, I was. I always told my brother, "I'm like, why don't you just go get your PhD? You know, in freaking Finland. One that would have been sick. And then you know, two of you would have walked away with a top hat and a sword. He's like, I, you know what? I'm just gonna make my own sword. He literally made a sword at our house. I also feel like I'm a little bit bummed now that you re-signed with Discraft because I feel like you'd be a good fit for West Side. You could throw the, <laughs> yeah, sword, the sword, you could have the fortress. <laughs> oh, yeah. I yeah, I know, right? It's kind of funny because like if I was to name discs, it would totally be on the line of that. But um when I first started playing, I went to Pyramids today, Marshall Street, to go check out their pro shop again, say hi to everyone. And um 
it's funny enough because pyramids was where i first learned how to play disc golf matt brought me there that was the first course i think i ever played and the sword was by far my favorite disc as a new amateur um that was the only disc that i could get to flip over and actually get really good distance and my favorite ones they were this black disc with a gold stamp and i remember i lost two of them in the same night because it was just getting dark at leagues but i need to throw a distance driver and i lost them both under the leaves but i think i've had probably seven or eight swords i have none of them left you want to hear a quick sad story yeah i picked up a hatchet actually speaking of west side at pyramids one day uh didn't really throw i threw it once and i was like oh that's kind of cool and then i threw it on Oh, I'm going to forget whole numbers, maybe 11 or 12, like the really uphill one that gets into the open. 11. Yeah. Right. When you kind of start seeing the airport mm-hmm. and just nicked a tree oh, 12, and went sorry, 12. flying to like that left side and just all the way down that hill. Didn't even write my name on it. Literally bought it that day. Yep. And it was gone. It's like, all right, goodbye. Ugh, horrible. So there's a lot going on, even though a lot's not going on. See, everyone's telling me I got to go buy some land in Scotland. You guys are talking about my dream. They go own some land and you become a lord or a lady. Imagine that, Lord Carl. See, funny, also funny thing is, uh, you know, back in the day, they used to have like, you know, King Henry the 13th or the 4th or the 5th or whatever. They, they always did like the 3rd, the 4th, the 5th, the 6th. Honest to goodness, and I'm sorry for... You know, my girlfriend now or whoever I marry and whenever I have kids in the future. But I 100% want a Nick Jr. And then I want him to name his kid Nicholas John so that I have Nicholas John Carl III. I want to be the first. And then I literally want to be like <laughs> chilling in the afterlife, just watching over my family heritage or my family line. And just seeing like, I want to be, you know, however first. many years to see like Nicholas John Carl XIII. <laughs> like imagine, like, I just think that's so cool. Um so oh, that's funny. I hundred, but I want a junior. Not gonna lie. I mean, all right. So you, so you know how all these pros are buying up courses. I mean, McBeth's got his course. Yeah. You got Lavisca. Uh, every everyone else seems like they're interested in that. I think you got to buy land in Scotland, become a knight or whatever lord. title lord yeah. you can get, and then pop off pop off the disc golf scene there. Here, here we go. This is what get, we're gonna like, do. We're have gonna... a castle on your course. Yeah. What what date is today? What what is today's date? Today's the sixth. Write it down. Twelve six twenty one. Nicholas Carl is going to buy some land, buy a freaking castle in Scotland with like fifty acres on it. I'm gonna be a lord, and then I'm gonna ask the Paul Macbeth Foundation. I'm gonna donate the money to build a gold level course, and we're literally gonna bring a sick disc golf course to Scotland. Not gonna lie though, actually one of my dreams for with the Paul Macbeth Foundation, I would like to do this in the next three to five years, is um. I want to pay for their gold lover membership to install a course and be one of the people who actually gets to go out and help out with that. I want to do that in Japan. One of my all time favorite places that I want to visit. I've looked up so many pictures, travel vlogs and everything like that. Japan is one of those places. You're going to do the Japan open. It was going to, that, that was going to happen yeah. with, with all the travel restrictions right now. I'm not going to risk anything. Um, just in the slight chance of, you know, some of my friends go out of country and then all of a sudden there's a new variant and you know, there's been <laughs> cases in 17 different States now with the Omicron variant. And I'm just like, Oh, there's my. too much, there's too much risk right now to do international, even, you know, even slight traveling. I get that, but a lot of risk international traveling just, you know, besides for the health and safety aspect of that, but you know, getting stranded somewhere. Well, did you bring your negative test tonight or you're not leaving if I mean, you didn't? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's probably seven of them seven of them in my in, car right now sleeping in the studio <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly some up no yeah. he just collects them now yeah. all right um so it's 7 37 and we need to bring in our guests so i'm gonna work on that here and um as part of this topic um nick spotify does this thing where 
they show you like which podcasts you've listened to the most and how cool was it this past week to see that some people actually listened to the Nick and Matt show like a significant amount where it was like number one. I'm like, yeah, no, nah, there's something wrong here. I know. So it, like, what did you think about that? It was, uh, it was a very humbling feeling. I actually tweeted about it and just saying, you know, how, you know, grateful I am for it, obviously. And then how blessed I feel to be able to, you know, even just on Monday nights, be able to hang out with a few hundred people that wa- are watching us live, commenting, chatting with us, and then hanging out with Evan and Matt in studio. Uh, it's a pretty awesome feeling. Just this little, idea that matt and i had over a year and a half ago at this point we've done 69 we're on the 69th episode which is pretty cool we'll be on 70 episodes next week and um you know it's cool when people say like hey i i'm i'm i love watching your podcast i love listening to your podcast it was the number one podcast that i listened to and joe rogan has an incredible podcast i love listening to it. a lot of people listen to a realty podcast about investing in realty and uh disc golf there's obviously a ton of great podcasts right now in disc golf and um, just just on the Foundation Podcast Network, there's three of them. And it's a pretty awesome feeling, even being in people's top five, even just any new person listening to our podcast, it's a great feeling. You know? Okay, before we transition to our guest, and I agree, Nick, I was the one who brought that topic up because I thought it was cool you finished yeah. it. I, I'm super humbled, as you said. It's really interesting is the word I'll put to it because when we started this, I can remember back still, Nick, to episode one where we're like, hey, be pretty cool if like 20 people listen to this podcast yeah, i think the first night because we had simon and terry on i think we had like 55 live viewers yeah and i was like okay what's up and then the first time we hit 100 <laughs> and then we fit you know five or six seven hundred and i i still i mean dude there was a time the, i know it was a big episode the week we hit the like week what, after world the week after world we hit, we hit almost 2000 it was 1900 live viewers yeah. for the paul Macbeth episode after worlds and uh still by far one of my favorite episodes that we've done and just feeling like you know, hey, this incredible thing just happened at Worlds. You're the guy who lost. What do you think about it? And then, you know, it's like we get to have this great episode about it. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a fun ride. Very and, cool. Uh, it's, and I'm just kidding. Getting, getting, getting through this offseason, there's no way around it, though. Getting through the offseason, people are sending us ideas for content. We do appreciate that. It's not that we don't have ideas. It's that, honestly, Nick and I get a little bit of downtime and, like, yeah. We're we're enjoying our off season a little bit too, and it's kind of like how much can you talk disc golf? You got to make up great topics, and there are there's you could talk we could talk for twenty four hours straight every week about disc golf. It oh, just yeah. get old. I mean, two hours is enough as is. But <laughs> um, so anyways, thank you very much for listening and sharing and tagging with us. We appreciate that support greatly. Um, so I have our guest here lined up. He is free. To chime in whenever he wants. His name's Wes Shinvar. Is that how you say your last name, by the way? Yeah, Shinovar, you got it. All right, good. Wes Shinovar, welcome to the show. Uh, we've just kind of thought you could be another voice to add to the conversation. So now we've got four, four voices and opinions. So welcome. And uh, what do you think so far about the offseason? First off, I think that you have a great idea brewing with 24 hours of <laughs> content. <laughs> That's not an idea. Well, that yeah. was a bad idea. We'll, we'll stream it live on YouTube, like YouTube games. We'll bring stuff it, like yes, that. it'll yeah. be a charity stream. I love it. It's got so much, it's yeah. got so much potential right there. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the, the off season, I know you mentioned it's kind of a downtime for you. Uh, this is usually when I'm the most busy uh personally with underground stuff and uh doing player reviews and 
uh, app reviews and just, you know, all over the place looking ahead at the 2022 season. So it's kind of funny, especially for a lot of players, the off season's kind of a downtime time to work on stuff. Uh, and then for other people, it's, it's the busy time of year where we aren't necessarily playing, but working on other stuff, but yeah, in terms of the uh, pro scene, you know, I feel like it's been pretty, pretty quiet so far. Just, okay. And to be clear, and I don't have to give this disclaimer, but nobody ever has to divulge anything, but at the same sure. time, but at the same time, I think Nick knows stuff. I'm pretty sure I know stuff. Evan comes and sits in here before the show and says what he's heard. And then I think to myself, Wes is out there in the world of disc golf. Wes, you don't have to divulge unless you want to, but have you heard anything as well? I'm probably in the same boat as both of you guys. There's, there's a lot of rumors swirling that, you know, this could be a really hot off season. Uh, certainly one to remember one for the books relative to the last couple that have been pretty quiet, you know, through, COVID times, uh, everything was a little, a little disrupted. Players were very happy to stay with their sponsors. Um, you know, they weren't necessarily out shopping because there was just a lot of uncertainty with, with disc golf and with the world. So I feel like the last couple of off seasons here have been really quiet. And uh, of course, I can't divulge anything, but I, I think that this one's going <laughs> to heat up. Heat up at some point here oh, yeah. uh, this month, I imagine. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, this month. I would say Jan January is really when we we kind of get to figure everything out. I would say because uh, you know their contracts are finally up at the end of that, and January, you know, it's funny because you know we were talking about the little bit of pettiness between Prodigy and Westside with the Orem thing, and we don't even know if it's pettiness, but um, you know, it, it is cool to see those off-season changes, but I think January is when we're really so, going to get hit with, you know, hey, new year, new company. Okay, so I was just kind of like feeding stuff out there, but I'm like, if what I feel like I know is becoming speculation and rumor, I feel like I should be free to talk about it because I'm not saying I actually know anything. So like, mm -hmm. I feel like I want to take the topic here. And everyone's looking at me in the room like, Matt, where are you going with this? So I want to take the topic here. I'm not going to be the one to break any news, but I am going to have conversations because I'm not going to handcuff our show to not be able to talk about the topics because we know something. Now, you're going to have to, it's going to drive people crazy because they're going to be like, does he actually know? And he's just talking about, like, doesn't know. But like, so here's where I'm starting. I'm literally pulled up UDISC world rankings. Okay. And I went to the number one ranked player in the world right now according to UDISC World Rankings. And I'm going to start there. And I'm literally going to say, is there any chance at all? And I'm talking like, in your mind, you're like, no or yes, that this player could, could being the key word here, move along. And I know people feel like they know things. So when we get through the top 10 here, you, there might be players that are moving. And I, I feel comfortable saying that because all I've been hearing is that it's going to be a blockbuster offseason. So my brain goes, okay, top 10 player. And I'm taking Paul Macbeth out of the conversation uh, because so that probably, one to me is a no. thing to do. Because <laughs> I think it's obvious he signed a $10 million contract. Like that would be detrimental. If it happens, I will start eating my hat like piece by piece on the show. That's probably boring. Are you but. saying he goes through his whole 10 year deal? Because I'll argue that uh, he might not see the end of it, but like okay. eight years down. Yeah, the road. I'm not talking now. Okay. So here's where I'm going. You ready? Ricky Wysocki, number one ranked player in the world, 
What does he have left? Do we know on his contract? People are like, you should know. I, th I think he's got a year or two left. I think he signed a three-year contract, if okay. I'm not mistaken. So I think he does have two years left on it, which at that point, I would kind of say he's pretty set in stone with Innova currently. Okay, but didn't Paul Macbeth have a contract? And that was going to be epic as well. The reason I'm bringing up Ricky. What do you mean? Didn't when Paul, when, have when Paul left Innova. That was going to be I blockbuster think, too. Well, I think he was... I think he was in his free agency year. Like, I don't okay. think he left okay. mid, mid. Paige um, Pierce leaving dynamic disc. Yeah. That, yeah. So I'm that's, just bringing that's up that it yeah. happens. Now, yeah, yeah, here's yeah. why I'm bringing him up. There's another show that is on this channel that I'm hearing rumors about. I didn't listen this week that people are listening to Griplock and they're saying that they're speculating that Ricky is trying to move along. And if they're talking about speculation and I'm hearing big rumors out there, now Nick and Matt show is contributing to the rumors. But we are not going to say we have heard anything. We're just going to say, what would it be? And how would that shake things up if Ricky Wysocki left Disc, uh, not Discraft? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Now people are like, Matt just said something. No, listen, seriously, I don't know anything. All right. So what happens if Ricky left Innova? How does that shake things yeah, up? Go ahead, Wes. I, I think it's a super interesting conversation because you look at the deal that Paul has. Uh, and Ricky being the number one player in the world, you know, we can say with those rankings, Ricky is technically ranked higher than Paul. And I, I don't know what the details are of Ricky's end of a contract, but we basically know the premise of Paul's contract. And, um, you know, Rick, in my mind, as a, a fan of disc golf, is not super far off of what Paul is. Obviously, he doesn't have the world titles. Paul's doing bigger things outside of disc golf with his foundation now and becoming you know, not just a, a, a name in Finland and in, in the U.S., but really worldwide. Um, but Ricky, to me, is probably the next guy on that list. And so it, you know, it makes sense to me that Ricky should have a contract that is somewhat comparable to Paul's. Um, and if his contract with Innova isn't that, you know, I could definitely see another company, if they wanted him bad enough, throwing a contract out there that might be enticing enough to pull Ricky away, where he gets his own potentially own line of discs, uh, similar pay, all of that. I mean, I, I could see it. So as a follow-up to that, and I know Nick's ready to chime in here, and I want to give him that opportunity as a follow-up to that. Um, he was on our show this year, and we actually were asking him the question about, does he think he's getting what he's worth? Um, how is he going to go about getting more? And he kept being like, oh, yeah, like, I know, I know, I know. Unless Innova, and we don't know this because he hasn't said anything and Innova hasn't said anything, unless they're doing that, you have to believe that Ricky feels undervalued. This is my this is my take on it. Like, you have to believe he feels undervalued. After Paul comes out and announces what he did, and Ricky going, come on, I'm playing as good, and I feel like my brand is on its way to that same place. Mm -hmm. Like, Nick, do you think he feels undervalued, if you had to guess? Yeah, um, and, you know, I, I've been around the pro scene for a little while now I've, I've gotten to know a lot of people i've had conversations with a lot of people about it and you know this is kind of a little shade at innova you know i'm not really trying to make it sound like that but from what i heard you know a decent amount of people are unhappy with how their pro scene is kind of treated um player wise i think that discraft was massive and what they did for Paul's first deal with the two hundred fifty thousand dollar a year guaranteed um that was easily the biggest contract in disc golf and then shooting it up to the million dollars a year guaranteed. Um, that was massive 
for disc golf and disc craft in general. They saw worth in both parties of it to where like, you know what, we got to spend money to make money. And that was huge. I think a couple other companies are finally getting into that where it's like, you know, what, if we invest the right proper amount into a player, we can far exceed our expectations with that. And I think Discraft felt that way with Paul. That's why two years into his contract, they were like, hey, this is this is too small. Like, we need to work on this. We got to renegotiate this. Um, I think that there are companies still right now, though, that aren't finding worth in their players. Or I should say their their players aren't being treated as well as they should be. Uh, like Wes was just saying earlier, Ricky is, you know, he's been a top three player in the world for what, since 2012, 2011. I mean, he has two world titles. He's been close at USCGC. He's been close at other worlds. And he has a ton of other tournament wings. He had a great elite um, year this year on the uh, elite series side of things. He's got a very popular name in disc golf. Other players like Eagle, Simon, incredible names in disc golf. Ricky also pushes a lot of his own plastic around. And so he has a great fan base. It's funny. Ricky has like a cult following to where honestly, if you're watching Ricky and Paul battle it out at the end of a round, Ricky will get more cheers than Paul does. And so that's, I think what's kind of incredible is you have arguably the best player of all time versus arguably, arguably the best player this year. It's, you know, it's crazy. Ricky, Ricky has a massive fan base. Um, could I see him leaving? His contract early, legality-wise, if you can make it work out, why not? If some company is going to offer you more and they see more worth in it, why not? But then at the same time, who knows? Maybe Innova sees all this stuff going on and they say, you know what? Yeah, we are going to offer you $600,000 a year. You're not quite at that million a year yet, but you're getting close to it. So it's kind of like, you know, if Ricky, if Ricky is unhappy where he's at, he goes up to Innova and says, hey, things need to change. We need to renegotiate some stuff. If Innova says... No, absolutely not. I mean, Ricky has every right to start shopping around. If you can make it work to where, like I said, legally you can get out of your contract. You know, at that point, if he leaves mid-contract, it'll burn bridges with Innova to where you'll never see you'll never see Ricky throw a pig yep. again. You know what I mean? And I think that's uh, well. Did Paul? Did Paul? Now this is again. This is getting a little off topic. That, that, but, yeah. Paul, but Paul kind of did a little bit too. Not yeah. not as it wouldn't be maybe as epic in that sense, mm -hmm. but like it was a big change. Yeah, Evan. I, yeah, I want to bring this to a different kind of area of thinking. Um, I want people, everyone in chat and and fans of watching this in your car when you stop driving, do some snooping. I want you to check out manufacturers and players on all social medias and check out who they're following and what they're liking. Because I will say there is one manufacturer that has liked a few of uh, Ricky's posts lately, and I don't know if that's consistent. DD, I'm just guessing. I don't have no idea actually. I haven't looked, but is that who it is? Yeah, I've seen multiple likes by Dynamic Disc on Ricky's posts, which doesn't say anything in its own. You Dynamic <laughs> Disc could just be follow, like liking all players, just trying. I to like do... Ricky's posts too. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say. I will say DD has liked a couple of my posts. You know, no shame in that. So, gonna... Hold on, so, I've liked, maybe I've that liked, everything I've said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's, why I'm phrasing yeah. this as a ask for people to do. But because if Dynamic Disc is yeah. liking specific people, they might be liking Nick just because he's on podcasts and vlogs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And because they want you know you to be in their brain. Uh, that sounds kind of like. Taking but over. but I'm the just rumors saying, we've heard, I feel like that's why I said DD. Like yeah. that's the rumors I'm hearing. I've noticed it a few times, so I'm I'm curious if if they're liking other players' posts, but they're not like if they don't like any Paul Macbeth posts. 
but they're liking Ricky. They're liking Calvin. They're liking Adam Hammes. They're liking uh, Chris Dickerson. They're liking all these other top players because they're trying to get all of them, but they know they can't get Paul. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, what's funny about that is actually someone messaged me, DM'd me last week after we were talking about, you know, we were talking about young guns out in the world, the Cole Rodolins, the Gannon Burrs. And someone said, hey, I just listened to your podcast and I think Gannon Burr might be going to disc mania. He bought a tilt off of a disc golf page a few weeks ago. So something even as simple as that. Well, we said that last week or two weeks yeah. ago. We did talk yeah. about this a little bit. I think so, we said that. Yeah, because you said he was dumping out kind of his prodigy collection. He was getting rid of it. And then Ooh, same thing, you know, he, he goes gone. and buys a Discmania disc. You know, yeah, he's tilts, gone. Tilts, he's aren't, gone. Tilts, tilts aren't in circulation right now to where you can't just go to Marshall Street and go get a tilt. So yeah, find it online, you know. Who Good. actually who actually right. bags a tilt? Anyways. Simon does. I've seen it. <laughs> I think Wes has a tilt. Eagle, <laughs> Eagle does. All right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, I, no, I, to your point, though, I think it's interesting because when you get into the offseason, really, as soon as November 1st hits, I start reading in between the lines myself because the offseasons in the past have just been so hot. And there's almost a little crumb trail through the offseason sometimes where, hey, you see a guy is kind of selling some stuff that maybe you know that he bags or, or collects and you see him on another page picking stuff up. I, I think most of the top pros are... are probably pretty savvy now where they have somebody else picking up stuff for them. But, you know, to that same end, Hey, I saw a guy who was good friends with uh, Gannon Burr picking up a couple of discs and maybe they're for Gannon. So I, oh. I certainly find myself <laughs> reading in between the lines. Now, I didn't see that, but just as an example, it's funny. Cause like when Evan was saying, you know, do a little snooping around, it just reminds me of like people in high school where like a dude's dating a girl, they break up and then this new girl comes in and then all the ex-girlfriends, they're just like, we're going to find out every single thing about her. And then they stalk the Instagram pages, everything. And they find out literally like, it's kind of mind blowing how good some people are at like being detectives on social media. (laughs) Kind of insane. So I'll hire Evan for next week. But I think that's like a mark on how like, I don't want to say mature, but just like how big your fan base is college football. It's a huge thing on flight trackers. You're tracking all these small towns where colleges are. Uh, like Oklahoma, the University of Oklahoma, their coach just got picked up by USC. So people are like, Norman, Oklahoma, are there any flights to Los Angeles? And it's like a whole big thing to track that. And they're they're getting every little detail. They're tracking all these private planes going everywhere. And it's just like a whole rabid fan base going after that. I'm just saying disc golf fans, like if you're camping out at MVP's warehouse and you're just like, hey, I saw James Conrad's van. Like yep. that's I do remember, I do remember that one last that's year good. when someone posted if, that. <laughs> if you see Eric Oakley at your course, run up to him and and you yeah. know be nice, but like yeah. look at what's in his bag. Yeah, yeah. And like, wow, multiple manufacturers in there. He must yeah. be going to Infinite. Yeah. And Evan, you and I were having this conversation last week off air. The idea that like if people know and they want it to get out there, like it's good for their brand if it starts being speculated. So like if Ricky wants to reach out to us and say like it's true, guys, like the rumors that are circulating are true. I'm not telling you on the record, but like tell people you hear this is going to happen like that is not bad for his brand. I don't think it's bad at all because if it doesn't happen, people are like talking Ricky. And like found out, ooh, then something else is happening. He likes any of us still. And if it does happen, it's like it was all ramped up in a big deal. So like it started happening, circulating around Paul when Paul changed and left. Like it was starting to be talked about months in advance, but nobody ever was confirming. That's it, so. a really good example because, you know, 
Discraft's involved a whole lot since since they picked up Paul. When I first heard the Paul rumors, I was like, "What, really?" Like, I wasn't I wasn't too sure about it. it. Didn't make sense. He seemed like such a good fit with Innova, dude. I was mind blown by it. Yeah, but now now that we're in what year three or four, I don't even know how long it's been. You're just like, "Oh yeah, Paul Macbeth and Discraft makes perfect sense." Mm-hmm. So when those leaks started happening, it was in my brain. And after like the third or fourth time I heard it, I'm like, okay, this might be real. And then when the news broke, you're just like, oh yeah, like I've heard that already. It makes perfect sense. So as we've kind of like speculated the rumors with Ricky, I was just going to say, I've got some other topics. Yeah. Well, one of the, um, you know, as, cause I've heard speculation of it and you know, I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, all right, who's a good fit for Ricky? Well, who did Ricky win his two world titles with? This is exactly. This is 64 because he won both world titles with them. He, was the filthiest putter in the world when he was putting with daggers. I, I got to say that he was filthy with daggers, but at the same time, latitude also doesn't have that top, top tier guy right now. They have yeah, neither. They have Kristen Tatar. They're killing it on the FPO side. I'm super pumped for what Kristen did with her contract and everything. Like, cause what they say was guaranteed over half million over yep. the four years yeah. or something like that. No, five. Sorry. Yes, yeah. So yes. five hundred. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, imagine. <laughs> uh, anyway, so but latitude on the uh, MPO side doesn't have that massive. Johnny doesn't, you know, go out to every single event right now. Emerson is hit or miss whether, you know, he's playing well or not at an event. So. I yeah, know. I think, you know, I thought last season, really, the, the trilogy brand as a whole kind of lacked that uh, that big top finisher. Obviously, they have Nico. Yeah. I feel like Nico gets gets forgotten about. Mm-hmm quite a bit I, I know i even forget about him a little bit when i talk about mm-hmm. trilogy just because he was was uh you know without a manufacturer for so long but yeah the, the trilogy brand between you know latitude west side and dynamic really feels like they need some firepower uh especially on the mpo side so i really expected last off season to be the off season where the trilogy brand went out and got a big name and spent the kind of money that they needed to spend to uh you know, bring somebody in like that. But I, I think maybe they weren't quite ready. And we kind of saw this with Discraft before they got Paul. You know, they had Nate Doss and a lot of really good players, but they didn't necessarily have the best player in the world or a top three player in the world. Uh, although Nate was obviously for a lot of years. But Yeah, but like a consistently yeah, high finisher, top five player, they didn't have for a yeah. while. And so, you know, I, I think I almost feel like the last two years, DD and really the Trilogy brand has kind of reloaded, uh, fixed some of the issues that players felt like they had with them uh they invested in the guys they felt like they wanted to invest in for a couple of years and so i really thought last year they were going to go out and, and spend big and get that big name but um yeah maybe it, maybe it's this offseason right we've also seen we've seen the explosion that's happened in disc golf and like matt was saying earlier companies were probably a little bit worried about okay you know players were worried about if there was even going to be a tour this year depending on, you know, COVID status. And so companies were probably in that same boat to where it's like, you know what, let's ride this year out. Couple names switched around here and there. Nothing, mm-hmm. nothing too massive, but you can see Paul's contract is working. You can see, I mean, Nico had an elite series win this year. So contracts, you know, players are doing well for themselves. Now I think companies are finally getting into that more, you know, we got to spend money to make money. If dynamic picks up Ricky, Let's just say that happens or any of the trilogy teams pick up Ricky. That is massive for their company. Because like I said earlier, Ricky's got a cult following. People want to throw the discs that Ricky is throwing. So any brand would be lucky to pick him up as a player competitiveness wise and also fan base wise. Okay. 
I agree. I didn't land on Ricky. I didn't land on Ricky for no reason. Number one, he was listed number one. Number two, I've been hearing rumors. Number three, I thought it was an interesting conversation just to have because, as I said, at the Nick and Matt show, we don't want to handcuff ourselves because we have inside scoops, so we can't talk about anything because then it's like we're just sitting here. We're like, I don't know. And it's like, well, no, we got to talk. So we're talking about it all. I, I skipped over Paul Macbeth as number two because we already said why. Number three is Eagle McMahon. I am not hearing rumors about Eagle McMahon. I'm hearing confirmation uh, through Simon publicly that like Eagle made the right choice last year and Eagle made a big choice. And like, you're not going to back like back to back year, like change. That would be just be really burning bridges. Um, I, I think, think I, I think the way Discmania set up their whole new infrastructure um, when it comes to a company themselves, they are, you know, their own now. They're not relying on Innova to make their plastic anymore. Uh, that's huge for players like Simon and Eagle. Yeah. I, I think Eagle's the only other person on this list besides Paul McBeth. Um, solidified. Who I think solidified besides players who have already announced. Mm-hmm. I okay. think every other player from here till 180, whatever that UDISC has, uh, is a possibility. So let's let's do this. Not me. I'm like 114th. I'm, I'm solidified disc graph. So take, take that <laughs> well, one. You, right announced, you just announced you reset. <laughs> yeah, so. I did. <laughs> <Good boy. laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, so, so then let's do this kind of. Um, this is off season. The next then, if we skipped Paul and Eagle in world disc rankings, is Chris Dickerson. Now, I'm going to be very honest. Besides the fact that we're having this conversation and nothing is off limits, I would be surprised. I'd be surprised if Chris Dickerson leaves. Now, that being said, I would be surprised if Ricky left too. The only difference is I'm hearing a little bit of rumors there. The same thing could be happening for Chris Dickerson. Um, he is, is he undervalued? I like, as in like, he is an excellent player. Is he undervalued? Does he feel that way? Are people shopping for him right now? I think people are definitely shopping for him. Um, it, it's kind of tough to, you know, because... Uh, Chris has won what it was the 2020 USCGC, right? Mm, maybe. Uh, yeah, 2020 USCGC. So. The yeah. pandemic yeah. confuses 20, me. 2020 USCGC, and then <laughs> this past year, 2021 GMC. Uh, multiple, probably top five finishes. Great, consistent player. Easily has every single skill set in his arsenal to be a consistent top five player. Chris Dickerson is someone that we do not see travel much out to the West Coast generally. Um, because, but, because, and here's the crazy part: because, because it doesn't make financially, under, it doesn't make ex- financial sense. Exactly. And so I'm now like give mind a company, blown. Yeah, I am mind blown. How does it? How is that a thing? For give a him top, a company. Like, yeah, give him a company that actually financially wants to support him and make sure that he does get to every single one of those events every single year. Yes. Now you see Chris Dickerson because Chris Dickerson, one, he throws. He's far. not making enough. Two, that's, he's that's accurate. Why, yeah. was, exactly. So yeah, I could say you know when he came or when we've heard that. Because, yeah, he came on the show, and I think he said financially it's just not in the cards right now to go out to a West Coast event, even getting a top six, seven, eighth place. He's still losing money going out to California. Well, Simon even says that. Yeah, exactly. A lot of those players. But at the same time, I mean, Simon's different. Simon flies out to the event, gets (laughs) an Airbnb or hotel, rents a car. You're talking about players right now in disc golf where a majority of them are living that van life. There aren't too many of them who are flying out to those events. You've changed my mind, Nick. Chris Dickerson's leaving. I think Chris Dickerson, I, well, it's not, even that, it's not even that, but at the same time, if Chris Dickerson comes out and says, hey, guaranteed $250,000 yeah. a year from Prodigy, yeah. woohoo, and an RV, then boom, he's, he's out on the road, he goes to every single event. 
I think Chris Dickerson kind of reminds me of James Conrad before his move to MVP. Oh, really good man. player. Has Great a major win. He, he won with Innova, right? Not yeah. MVP. Yeah. Uh, wow. But yes. like just not an outgoing guy, not a super social media kind of guy, but just killer player. Uh, and so generally I, seeming to be, I don't want to say married, but likes the brand he's playing for. Just like James liked his discs. Mm-hmm. Like, so you don't see any like major reason beyond maybe being undervalued. And I kind of feel like that's what I'm saying. I'm getting swayed a little bit. So here. like, I, I would initially say, I don't feel like Chris would move, but it just feels like such a it similar scenario that James, that I felt that same way then now, then that I do now. I'm make, mixing happen. up all my words, but Wes, I think you were trying to chime in. Maybe not. Yeah. I, so, you know, when I product is a major brand, they're obviously a, a major manufacturer and Chris Dickerson is easily their best player. Uh, they have KJ USA, who's a, a tremendous talent, but hasn't won the same big tournaments that Chris has won. So in my mind, Prodigy really has to keep Chris. And so when I think of it that way, you know, whatever Chris feels like he needs to be valued at, I feel like Prodigy, uh, I don't want to say has to give him, but is probably going to be willing to give him, to keep him around. Because I... If Chris leaves, they have KJ, and who who knows? They could be shopping around. We mentioned, you know, maybe Ricky's on the move. Maybe they're looking to pick up Ricky and move on from Chris, kind of thing. Um, but in my mind, you know, if Prodigy isn't picking up another top five, top six player, they really need to keep Chris. So for me, it feels like Chris will will probably stay based on that, uh, unless they're really going all in with with KJ USA and think he's going to be that top five player. You got, yeah, you also got to think of these companies where Matteo left. And Matteo, towards the end of the season, was playing incredible. What's you disc have him at in the rankings? What, ninth or something like that? Matteo. Yeah, he's a top 10 player in the U.S. Yeah, he's so high, I can't rankings. even find him. I'm too low. No, exactly. Matteo is eighth. Eighth. Okay, so eighth. you oh. lose your eighth place player who, at the end of the season, Matteo was a consistent name that we talked about almost every single week on the show. That player now leaves. Okay, now let's say, you know, whether it's Kevin Jones or Chris Dickerson, whether they leave, you just lost another primetime player um so let me ask this because this was actually in the notes to talk about but we're kind of just organically coming here i i do want to talk about some of these other players but in my notes the question that i thought of just randomly this week was why do companies and this is i'm not like literally sitting here like why does this happen it's more like a topic guys (laughs) why do companies let disc golf their disc golf athletes leave so meaning somebody's having to pay for that player. Uh, my short answer is the company that isn't paying up. I don't know why they don't, because if that player's worth it, they're trying to get a bargain and every company's different. Innova being different than Discraft, being different than prodigy, but generally speaking players leave because they can go get paid somewhere else like more. And but why does that company think that like that player is not valued at that or or is it that they can't spend that like uh, I mean seven years ago in the disc golf world players were not making the amount of money that they're making right now we're talking 2012 2013 2014 2015 when Paul had the streak of worlds um, he had signed a big contract like 120 or 150 thousand dollar guaranteed with Innovo and that was massive no one else was living that kind of contract money wise. Disc golf has tremendously grown. I mean, what PDGA number one nine eight was just given out mm. today, one hundred ninety eight thousand, yeah. like two hundred forty one mm-hmm. or something like that. Is, you know, someone posted on Twitter, but like we're talking, there's almost two hundred thousand PDGA numbers sold. 
UDisk has what over like a million users or something like that. Like so many people aren't even PDGA, um, you know, whatever you call it. They're not even with the PDGA that are out there playing disc golf. They are still buying those discs that the players have. They probably a majority of them probably know about the pro scene now. Disc golf is at a point to where money is now a lot of money is being brought into it, but at the same time you have to be a marketable player. Chris Dickerson, incredible guy, but like Evan was saying earlier, on the social media standpoint of things, he's not as out there as the Rickies are. What Paul is doing with his life in disc golf right now, what but it just Simon the- is doing with his, like he's not as marketable. And so, do you do you sell as many? Let's say is Tom Bra- was Tom say, Brady good say- in social media? Yeah, but at the same time, you're talking about, you know, that's different. You could be the worst social media guy, but if you have six Super Bowl rings, it doesn't matter. You're probably still well-known, and you're considered and I, one of the greatest players. Like, And I'm bringing this up because a but chat Tom Brady, person Tom Brady, this. But Tom Brady has the TB12 Foundation, the TB12 Sports Complex. If the sport was states. bigger, I guess is my point. If the sport was bigger, and it's not, you wouldn't have to market yourself as a social media guy. But, like, where we're at, I do think it's important, so it's a good point. But, like... <laughs> If you are good, 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 then you don't need that. But but real quick, I want to go back to Wes, Wes, Wes's point here about uh, being prodigies, like, go-to guy. Like, they're, they would be Top crazy. Top. Yeah, they'd be crazy to let him go to where, this is my point, why would they? It would it literally come down to, like, we can't afford you or we do not think you're that good. And honestly, we're all sitting here in this room and on the video chat right now saying, they would be crazy. So I don't know. I think the answer is they can't because you look at Paul's deal and Innova obviously produces a lot of discs. I don't know what the manufacturer numbers are, Innova versus Discraft, but from the outside, as somebody who doesn't really know those numbers, it seems to me that Innova could have given Paul 10 years, 10 million and his own line of discs. Uh, You know, I don't see any reason specifically why they couldn't have manufactured his line of discs for him, which then generates that money to pay him something, uh, you know, like 10 years, 10 million. So I think it's a mix of manufacturer capabilities and, you know, probably just business decisions, uh, I think is, is really what it comes down to. Sorry, we don't feel like you, you know, have earned or deserve five of your own molds and a, a million dollars a year, even though we, could potentially do it but from a business standpoint maybe they felt like it was too much risk to kind of give that power to the player and that's a great point we'll kind of conclude the topic of chris dickerson i think it comes down to big one brand i'd say honestly if he's one brand yeah sees the value and is like we will do that yeah another brand is like we don't and that's just how sports are it's a business this, decision yeah this is where i wish contracts were yeah. a little bit more available to literally go up and look and be like oh it's not even what we're talking about right now he still has two more years or five more years or four more years on his contract not even worth mentioning <sighs> but contracts aren't going to be that way even in disc golf i saw someone comment here earlier they're like i want to see one year opt-outs for any length of any contract always have the one well, year yeah opt- every a lot year of opt-out. a lot of nba teams are doing that to right. where it's like you sign you know even sometimes as small as a 10-day contract wow you know like wow it's it's a chance to prove yourself can you make it on the team do you jive with the chemistry and everything like that disc disc golf is not a team player sport so there's a difference to it but yeah i think one year opt-out contracts could potentially be a thing do you see success do you see the 
investment working in a positive way with that player. I mean, at the same time, though, I don't think I don't think it'd be the smartest thing. You know, I if I was to switch to a different company, I'd at least want to give it a year. You know, if I have don't to sacrifice it. a year, you know, it's huh? <laughs> what do you say? Don't do it, Nick. Oh, I won't. I just I just resigned <laughs> today. We're good. Um, but no, it's just more like I I, I kind of wish one like when I'm watching the NBA offseason or you know football offseason, you have all these different agents who like oh sources tell me that. Tom Brady went down to Florida to go look at houses and, you know, met with the Buccaneers, whatever. Like you have those things happening right now. Like I wish there was almost like a disc golf gossip Twitter to where every company went to that guy and could legally say like, oh yeah, hey, we just had talks, make up some funny tweet. Like, oh, you know, you know, someone saw, you know, Dickerson in Michigan playing at the toboggan. What's going on there? Why would you play Michigan in December? You know what I mean? Like, I, I wish there was something like that, but that's also main, main moral of that story is I wish contracts were more available to the outside public Yeah, to where I, I think could everybody does. I could literally go on and say, you know, whether I know exactly how much money they make, I would like kind of like a baseline of like, okay, this is potentially what they're making, but more so just to see how many years do they have left? You know, what's going on with that? But who knows? Uh, I want to say one thing when you're talking about opt-outs, is in a lot of other sports the opt-outs go both ways but in different in in different like capacities like um you could have a player opt-out or you could have a team opt-out which team would be the sponsor so like paul Macbeth, when he's signing with discraft discraft they're they don't want an opt-out like they're not going to opt out they're not going to be like oh yeah paul Macbeth wasn't our investment oh yeah exactly. but paul might have an opt-out after you know year three or five if discraft isn't doing what he what he wants them to do i don't know what the details of that part are but if you have a if you have a um, kind of more of a risky player you're trying to go after you might say hey like we're gonna give you a three-year deal but after the second year or first year it's an opt-out for the sponsor like we might just cut you at that point saying we don't want you so it, it opt-outs are just a one yeah i almost want to hear you know sometimes more of that like if you know let's just talk about oakley big off-season switch went from dd who was a company that he's always talked about how much he loved was a family to him goes to infinite i i honestly i genuinely want to know was DD like, hey man, we're cutting you. You're not cut out for it. You're not performing the way that we want you to perform. Boom, you're gone. That, you know, you didn't uphold your end of the bargain. Or did Eric leave them willingly and say, I want to go pursue other ventures? You know, you do hear teams like the Celtics, you know, they cut Jabari Parker at the beginning of the season because he was not playing that well. They ended up resigning him, which was kind of funny. But at the same time, like, you know that, you know whether it was a player that left or the company that dropped them. And I think that's something like, you know, let's hurt some feelings, you know, let's, <laughs> I literally want to know, like, if, if I'm not performing next year and Discraft says, Nick, you are not cut out for this on our team. Boom. You're gone. Like people, I think people would rather hear that rather than we'll me, talk about it on rather the show. than me go lie on Instagram and say, you know, oh, things were absolutely incredible. Things were so great with that company. If things were so great, why are you leaving then? Like, Nick, we'll talk about it. We'll you know, air it out. We'll exclusively have yeah, the interview exactly. on the Nick and Matt show. I got one more point. The opt-outs, I don't think our contracts in disc golf are that evolved yet. And maybe we're getting to that point. But really, <laughs> until we saw Paul sign with Discraft, contracts were just like more or less a handshake agreement in disc golf. So it's not until the very recent future where we had like real player contracts and players were getting paid real money. So I don't think up until this point, one-year opt-outs were even something that players had, had talked about or that manufacturers yeah. had thought about. But 
but we might be going in that direction. All right. We're almost done with this topic. We have Statter Fiction lined up. We've got Judge That Disc Golfer lined up. We've still got a packed show. I did want to hit a few other names real quick just to throw them out there. I, for a while, have felt like Calvin Heimberg would be shopping around. Again, we're not talking length of contract left or anything right now. We're just literally talking like if someone just up and leaves, okay? And I feel like Calvin Heimberg is someone who I felt like that way for the past year. It could be this year. It could have been last year. I feel like he is someone that's probably undervalued. And that's that's funny coming from my mouth because I'm always saying how I'm just doing I'm just elbowing him I'm just doing little jabs like he's not gonna win and he's not top five obviously I think the guy's great um, but that's someone who I wouldn't be surprised um, Adam Hammis I would be pretty surprised I'm just going through top ten players if Adam Hammis was to move along but he had a outstanding year and maybe he'll capitalize on that maybe again i think the changes come when the player feels undervalued according to their performance that's usually when things happen so maybe he's a candidate for that i was gonna say it's kind of funny because now adam wins two elite series events gets a couple great finishes throughout the year he goes up to discraft and says hey i just did that exactly i want some more money discraft says yeah no you're not at that point yet you know what i mean like or, that's, that's where or we've already yeah set your when you, when you have yeah. a good year it's almost like now you do want more money and that also causes separation from company to player. Right. So, and hey, then playing, hey. playing bad is obviously something that does the same thing, but playing well can be in a sense, hurtful to your upcoming year, potentially your relationship, okay. relationship yeah. with your manufacturer. Yes. hundred percent. Okay. Hold on to the live chat. Do not spoil the Patriots bills game. Do not. <laughs> I was literally going to tell them no, keep me updated spoilers. on scores, but no, I'm kidding. Okay. I'm ki no, I'm yeah. kidding. I'm doing the whole like literally, spoiler thing. Like it's live yeah. sports. You can't spoil it. But listen, if you, it, all right, never mind. We don't need to get into that. Do it. Spoil it for I'm me. I'm just Do waiting it. for post round production to come out tomorrow <laughs> so that I can watch. I'm just kidding. Yeah, exactly. I'll wait for they post don't do post round production. No. <laughs> Okay. Um, Anyways, no, I'll, I'll literally be checking ESPN or if people are commenting we're on almost, the, in the chat. We're almost there. Matthew or already left. Matty yep. O. He, so that's out of the conversation. Nate Sexton. I would never. It's not going to happen. The Sexton Firebird is his life. But what if someone yep. offers him? They'd have to millions. offer millions. Yes, and but that's what not if where they the could sport sell is, millions. Really. Oh. I don't think so. I'm I don't pretty think so confident. either. Okay, and then Drew Gibson no. already did. So those are our top ten. If we looked at the borderline, Andrew Marweed, Kevin Jones, Joel Freeman, maybe, but those aren't really. Those wouldn't be blockbusters, okay? Mm -hmm. So that was where the conversation went. I would say out of those three or four names that were kind of big topics, uh, Ricky, Chris Dickerson, who else did we say? I said maybe Calvin. Um, here's we the we didn't, we didn't talk about Kyle Klein. Here's the last one. Who, I skipped it on purpose because yeah. Avery Jenkins yeah. made a post this week that said, like, excited, big news coming, and he posted a picture of Kyle Klein. That's all I know. Ooh. That's all I know, but that's what he did. So that's Nick, enough. Nick, yeah, I know. So Nick, you're saying we haven't talked about it. Yeah, we haven't talked. I mean, in the in the rumor mill, I mean, you know, I I think I, I've said this publicly to where if Kyle was someone that went to DD and became the top player, I think that could be very beneficial in his career. But at the same time, he did have a great year last year with Discmania. And if Discmania is to say, you know what, we have to add another crush boy into that top echelon. I mean, Kyle, he's arguably, he played better than Simon last year. And one of the reasons I'm saying that is Simon, Simon did not get to tour 
But guess who's not touring next year a lot? Simon. He's having a baby. So now you have Kyle and Eagle out at every single event. That's someone who you can push that publicity in now, and you can really try to brand them. Um, Simon, arguably one of the most popular disc golfers in the world right now, will be taking some time off because he's having a kid. He's still, you know, YouTubing it up. He's going to be picky and choosy on his events. He has been for the last few years now, especially with elbow elbow rehab. Um, but because of that, that almost potentially guided away in Kyle stepping up into that role of being one of the crush boys. So it's literally 50, 50 though. I'm a big Kyle fan. He's from Michigan as well. So I've got to kind of see him come up the ranks the last couple of years from a young kid to, you know, winning major events or elite events. I totally agree that with, with Simon kind of taking a step back, you know, Discmania has always invested in top talent. And for the last decade or more, Simon has been that top talent. And now Eagle has kind of come and taken the throne for Discmania as the top talent. But yeah, Kyle Klein, I think it has to be one of the more interesting players going into this offseason. Uh, just because he, he's so young, he's already got a good resume for just touring for a couple of years here. Feels like he's been around for a lot longer than I think he has, just because he's he's been on the scene now for uh, for a couple of years. But I, I definitely think this mania values their players. They kept Simon as long as they have. They signed Eagles to the big deal, leading to your Avery post. You know, big news, Kyle Klein. I, I think that we probably see a pretty big deal for Kyle Klein. You know, four or five years, five hundred thousand, something to lock him in for a couple of years. He's a young guy. He's proven over the last two years he can stay consistent, get those good finishes. And I think if they sign Simon and Eagle to those bigger deals, those longer-term deals, I think Kyle Klein's next up. If they get Kyle, if they lock in Kyle Klein and they, they have Eagle and Simon, I honestly don't think Dismania needs needs to do anything else. Yeah, they just have Until that. one you, of you them almost, leaves. <laughs> yeah, that's almost, you know, there's your three players on the elite team. And you got some touring guys out there also repping your brand. You got your ambassador team out there repping your brand. But when it comes to, do they need to pick anyone else throughout the year? No. If you have those three players, why would you? I mean, you yep. could argue, you could argue top three wise, put them up against any other top three manufacturer wise. Is Discmania one of the best? Simon, I've had the pleasure of playing many of rounds with. He's filthy good to this day. Eagle, arguably one of the best players in the world. Kyle had an incredible last year's season. What other top three from a major manufacturer do you do? Ricky, Calvin, Nate Sexton? I was going to say Ricky, Calvin, and Matty O. Wink, wink. <laughs> Imagine. That's actually really funny. <laughs> but yeah, something like that, though. I mean, you're talking three incredible players. That's, I mean, that's a solid big three. It's almost as good as the, yeah. Pier the Pierce, Ray Allen, and Kevin Garnett big three. It'd be another so. great debate to have another night. Let's take the big three from every team and, and uh, do a little bracket. The, man, the Manufacturer's Cup. You know, I, th I think that'd that be sweet. Year. Just a Manufacturer's Cup. You take the top three men, the top three women from your teams. You set up a match play, stroke play bracket. You do alternate shot dubs, mixed dubs. There's so many cool things you can do. It'd almost be like an all-star event. I agree. Yeah. I think, We've I, talked I, about Nick and National sponsoring yeah. it. We'll make yeah. it happen. We'll make so. it happen. Okay. Well, with that six-figure payday. <laughs> so in conclusion... Ricky Wysocki is leaving. No. Yeah. <laughs> Go through uh, Chris Dickerson, Calvin Heimberg. Doesn't sound like Kyle Klein is Adam Ham, as I said, probably not uh, Nate Sexton. No. So like if so, then based off of our conversation is hashing this all out on air. And I just went through those top 10 again. 
Ricky Wysocki, maybe. Chris Dickerson, maybe. Calvin Heimberg, maybe. So that's three. I, I would dabble in Adam Hammes, but I don't have any, besides the fact that I said maybe he feels undervalued, maybe, because he had an epic year. Besides that, I don't see any like reason to think he would leave. So um, that's kind of where we're speculating. Nick, we need to do some thanks here. So you ready to, to do your debut? Well, I was, was going to say, just right before we do the thanks, can we just <laughs> quickly hit the FPO side? Like, yes or no? Let's whether come we back think, and do that. You want to come back and do yeah, that? Yeah, let's cool. do that. Let's It'll thank, be sponsored by let's Manscaped. Thank those, yeah, let's <laughs> thank those for our help supporting the Nick and Matt show. All right. Brace yourself. Winter is coming. What the writers of Game of Thrones did not know or did not want to tell you is that the reason Bran got crippled in that show was not because he fell out of a window or was pushed out of a window. It's because he did not use the Manscaped for his grooming needs. Cut himself, nicked himself, whatever you want to say it. <laughs> ended up not working out for him. Now, anyways, uh, Manscaped coming out with some incredible holiday deals. Get 20% off with the code Nick and Matt. Matt, we've had some incredible stuff sent to us by Manscaped. My personal favorite, the cologne, the body wash now that actually smell exactly the same. Um, but their lawnmower 4.0, the Weed Whacker 2.0, two of their most incredible items. Join over the 2 million men worldwide who are doing it. It's perfect right now. 20% off. 20% off. Stocking stuffers. We're in the holiday season. Christmas time. Ladies, get your men a gift. Men, get your boys a gift. You know, help each other out. I might just get someone for Evan over there. Maybe he wants to trim up that beard a little bit. Bam. We got him 20% <laughs> off. He can, off. He can have my used lawnmower so. 4.0. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Exactly. But uh, anyways, so, if you use the code Nick and Matt, 20% off worldwide. Okay. Free shipping with The that. shampoo conditioner. We already talked about it last week and the week before and the week before. It's excellent. The shampoo is excellent. Um, the lawnmower 4.0, get it. It's going to be a great gift. The cologne, if you are a female lady or a man who just wants to get this for a man, uh, it smells really great. I would say, Nick, the lip balm, not chapstick. I think it's lip balm, Manscaped. It's going to be great. I'm, I'm a big fan of lip balm right now. And it's funny enough because I was actually working at my old job today. I was doing a little rock drilling, silica dust everywhere. My lips were very chapped at the end of the day i totally could have used some manscaped lip balm so the chats are pretty funny right now okay so we'll just leave it at that you got to join in the live when we're doing these reads it makes it a whole bunch better thank you manscaped again manscaped.com nick and matt 20 percent off they're supporting disc golf they're supporting us if you support them you support us you support disc golf there you go go nick and matt 20 percent off free shipping okay nick fpo because we did focus on the mpo mm-hmm. um we could do the same thing. I don't think besides like top three or four players, which is fine. It's like half of what we did for top 10. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be like blockbuster. Yeah. Unless we're yeah. talking Kona leaving Innova. That could be kind of a big deal. Just because she's like entrenched over there. But so, okay. Uh, Kristen Tatar. She just signed a deal. Mm-hmm. She's not going anywhere. Yeah, she ain't going anywhere. Evelina Salonen with Innova. It's tough when we're talking. Is she to, undervalued? We're talking the European players. I don't know. I mean, she killed it. Her and Hannah both killed it overseas this year. I'm curious. Does Inaba, you know, are they? It's tough. Um, she knows her price point now, and I'm pretty yeah. positive she feels like she should get more than Kristen. Yeah, okay. I think she thinks See, she's. See, that's better. why I love contracts being publicly yeah. announced. Is because now, <laughs> Hannah and Evelina, who both have beaten Kristen this year. In different tournaments across the pond, 
you know, they're incredible players. We consider them top five players in the FPO division, sometimes number one. When they eventually get the chance to come back to the States and compete against larger fields, maybe higher caliber fields, I think that is when they could really, I think next year, if they are able to travel over and play a majority of the elite series events, I think that is when they are really going to be determined, determining their worth. Uh, right now, though, I mean, we've we've seen Henna come over and kick butt at tournaments. We've seen Evelina come over and win tournaments here in the States. So speculation, I'll is, say this, potential. You know, I'd love to see it. Yeah, I'm with Nick. I think there's potential. And I see this. Uh, both Henna and Evelina are, are super interesting names for this offseason. I think because they haven't got to come over to the U.S., you know, with the COVID situation and really prove their worth. But I think we all know it's there. I mean, they've still done tremendous things on the home turf. Like you said, they had beaten Kristen at different points throughout the year. I think she was really hitting her stride on another level when she was here in the U.S., though, that if she played like that when she played against them, she would probably have won. I, I think she is the, the number one FPO player in the world right now. But I think that there's an opportunity for other manufacturers to kind of see the value similar to the Paul deal where there's a lot more potential to do stuff with Henna and with Evelina, especially if you need a top name in the FPO field. Uh, and I, I can't come up with any manufacturers offhand, but any that need, <laughs> need a top lady, I think either of those names, you could invest in their potential. And I think if they're able to come over to the U.S., play a full season, I think the value is definitely there. But what if a uh, just because manufacturers are where it's at right now as far as sponsorships go, like what if a manufacturer is like, we're going to have like the top four women on our team? Like it would just be nasty. Now, some of the women are looking for a way to stand out, though. And so that can be tough, too, if you have a team behind you without another competitive woman uh, or like an elite status uh, FPO player that can be tough. Um, but continuing the conversation, um, Paige Pierce, she would, here's the deal. It wouldn't surprise me. Let me put it this way. If Paige like decided just to move along, like just because of who Paige is, she's a strong, independent woman. Like, like that's just how she's operated. That's the vibe she gives off. She likes, cares about people, but she's also like, I'm just, Hey, it's business. I'm just going to do what's best for me. So like, I wouldn't be surprised in that sense, but I don't see her moving along. I'm going to say no because of the fierce and the passion, but true. Fair enough. Yeah. And then, I mean, you know, she's done incredibly well with Discraft since she has been there. Right. I mean, second place at Worlds. Just bought a house. Won the U.S. Women's, just bought a house. I mean, yeah. she's killing it. When it comes I don't to, see her leaving. In the sales of her discs, I mean, I, I for one, I bag a fierce and a, or not a fierce right now, but I, I have a glow passion in my bag. Incredible fairway disc by them. And then um, my favorite forehanding disc is a nuke, all ESP, all stamped with Paige Pierce's name on it absolutely insanely great forehanding disc for me backhands for people who can really really bomb and have the arm speed so you put their name on the right disc but and it, it is going to paul sell. had the paul Macbeth destroyer and the mcpro a like he had the whole lineup yeah the avr the destroyer all existed before paul and i'm just so saying the passion and the yeah. pierce true yeah. it's a different deal it's a different deal people want new discs people yeah. want new discs. Exactly. i think that Disc golfers always want to try new things, and I think that's why it was important for Paul to get his own line. I'm sure Paul could have sold the heck out of Forces or Nukes or whatever driver he chose, but by bringing in this new disc, slapping his name on it, I think it has a, a like a whole different aura among throwers and especially collectors. <laughs> I got to imagine, you know, 
geez, I don't know, a third or half of the Zeus's that come out these days, people are stuffing in bags and throwing in their closet as collectors. So I think having that new mold brings a whole new just aura to the disc, even if it is super similar to another disc. <laughs> and one of the other things, you know, kind of marketability wise, Paige right now is a five-time world champion. If you go out and buy all these five-time world champion discs by Paige, look what happened when Paul wins worlds again or when Paige wins worlds again. Now you come out with six-time discs. Look, I'll tell you this. Had I known four-time claw buzzes, I remember sitting <laughs> at Marshall Street with a stack of like, I'm literally looking through 40 of them. And I, I was not like one of those people who's like, I'm going to buy a disc, put it away. Hopefully Paul wins and I can resell these. But I mean, they're going for 60 plus dollars a pop and they're incredibly great flying discs. But Paige goes out and wins. Now you got six time fiercest, six times souls, six times nukes. And then, you know, potential new stuff that she is going to come out with. So the, the disc market right now in disc golf is insane. I, I literally still cannot understand it, but it's very rare right now, especially with Discraft stuff with how good it looks that you buy a disc and you can't sell it for more than you bought it for, you know, like it's insane. This conversation is excellent. I want to speed it up a little bit just for the sake of what we're trying to cram into tonight. Uh, but Haley King, my general gut, and just maybe if you feel differently, share my general gut is that like Haley's not, she, she's not looking to move right now. She gets kind of comfortable is how I see it. She's playing generally well, but not like feeling undervalued. That'd just be my feeling on it. Anybody disagree with that? No, I feel okay. the same way. No, I wouldn't be surprised though, but I, I agree. Okay. Hannah Blumroos, I don't see her moving along just generally. I don't, maybe after this year, if she's able to tour and we see that she does really well, maybe she would. Um, Missy Gannon. Yeah, this is, we're talking blockbusters. I'm going to stop here. Maybe Katrina Allen, Sarah Hogan can bar to this conversation too, but Missy Gannon, big year. We're going based off of big years, feeling undervalued, meaning like worth more than what they made last year. Is she moving along? Evan, you got the floor. <laughs> my my gut says she is in the end, she is not going to move. I think she's got a really good relationship with Paige. And I we, we said we don't think Paige is leaving, leaving Discraft. I think Paige hopefully will convince some people uh, in-house to keep her. Uh, she absolutely deserves a huge raise. I don't know what she was getting paid. But that's probably going to get tripled, maybe quadrupled. I don't, I don't know what the numbers were before or what they'll be after. But she's going to get quite the raise. Um, she had a fantastic year and deserves every penny of it. Uh, Wes, what do you think? Same. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think Discraft is happy to invest in players that have proven their worth, and I think this year Missy Gannon proved her worth with a tremendous season. So I do not see her leaving, and I definitely see her getting a big new contract. Do you see that or do you know that? No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <Just> kidding. <laughs> that would that would be my take just from you know yeah. my my inner I'm just uh, kidding. <laughs> that was like me, uh like yeah. I keep going back to Cole Riddell and I'm like, hey, it's so like, are so you have anything you want to say? Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> I, I honestly, you know, I definitely I think she stays. Um, but I put her in that same boat as Ricky. Know, no, 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 no. The the Adam Hammond situation. Oh, okay. Where you had a great year, you want to ask for more money. How much is the company that you're sponsored by willing to pay you? How much do you value yourself now? So I think there's a potential where she goes up. I, I can't imagine it not working out to where she says, you know, I want X amount of dollars. Discraft comes back with, you know, 40 grand cheaper than that. I can't imagine they would meet somewhere in the middle and then, you know, she'd leave. I think she had an incredible year with Discraft. Discraft promoted her a ton. And I definitely think branding wise, she, she Ultimately, she had a great year. So 
Personally, I think she stays. All right. And then to round this out, Katrina Allen, will she ever leave Prodigy? She just won Worlds, but for some reason, I feel like she is just Prodigy or bust, like die. Like, I'm just with Prodigy. It is what it is. If they underpay me, oh, well. Like, not that she wants to be underpaid, but I'm saying, like, that's, like, the feeling I get. See, I don't, I don't see, honestly, I don't see Kat touring too much longer. Kat's in her 30s right now. Um, has, I think, in the, it like, I, I like, you know. Paul's one, in his 30s. Yeah, 31, but I'm talking, like, 34, 35, maybe. Oh, okay. So, I mean. Be careful, Nick. Yeah, one, one bad injury, you know, one bad injury, you know, is detrimental to your whole career. Say it's done at that point. But at the same time, like, I don't see her every single tournament competing like she has been the last what what seems like 12 years okay so let, let me throw out a crazy idea though you know we talk about some other companies needing a top fpo player maybe she's getting to a little bit later point in her career could you see her signing you know a 10-year three million dollar deal with somebody else and playing you know, into her earlier mid forties competitively. Cause she's, she's been around for a long time. That's a deal that would not, draw her. If someone offered her 10 years, 3 million, I a hundred percent think she takes it. But at the same time, yeah. do I see someone offering a 10 year, $3 million deal that I don't as much? I don't know. That was a great I, point. Wes. You know, I liked it. I liked she's, it. She's but yeah, got I three think, world titles. Who, yeah. else, who else is up there with her? I mean, Hokum has uh, world two. titles still two. relevant. Excuse me. Sorry. Yeah. He knows something uh, we don't. He there's like this backdoor deals going on. She's already got a third hey. line. Or he's just trying to pump up <laughs> Prodigy and make her pay more. Pick them. They were just gonna well, give her ten years know, two million. He wants to be ten years three million. Wes is actually the that, agent. They, they had that post with the uh the special release disc yes. that I think just happened to forget her by happen chance. It was reposted with her front and center. Um, you know, I, I found that a little bit interesting. We talked about reading between the lines in the off season and the fact that she wasn't on that first post, your world champion who just won worlds this year. Um, you know, I mean, at least in my circles, we, we all took note of that and thought it was interesting. So, uh, we talked about a couple of the names that might potentially move. And I think cat could be a name that, you know, if somebody threw the right money at her could potentially move. I would love it. Cat to like West side. I think, I think if there's a place for cat to go though. It'd be one of the trilogies. Or imagine this. Cat goes back to Discraft. We're talking OG Cat <laughs> goes back to Discraft. OG. Yeah. Like, you know, not a lot of people know that. She was sponsored by Discraft way back in the day. Hokum was as well. Yep. All right. Um, I, yeah, go ahead, Evan. I, I don't know if we're going to wrap this up in a second or not, but I will say I don't think Kona leaves the Innova bubble, but I could see her moving like officially to Infinite. She's got some Ooh. discs lined up over there. Yeah. That's a good point. She talks a lot about Infinite. I know they're like a sub-sponsor and all that, and obviously affiliated with Infinite. And we're, we're dabbling well, they in... A, they haven't signed a big uh, FPL player yet either, have they? Right. Yeah, give it a month. Freaking Kona Panis Infinite. <laughs> you heard it here first, yeah, folks. Evan breaking the news Evan here. Let's go. That's but right. Everyone blames Statmando if it's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no, please don't. All right. So Sarah Hokum generally... She could be in the conversation with anyone else, but I don't feel it. She just, she's happier yeah, than me. Um, and then the Mandahano or Valerie, I say the Mandahanos, <laughs> the Valerie uh, in the top 10 here. Eh, I don't see. They just made good deals. She toured this year. I think she's finding her place when she establishes herself a little more, maybe. All right. That wraps up the conversation on our speculation. I will say this out of all the conversations we had tonight, 
we know we feel pretty strongly. I didn't want to overemphasize because some things is like people sharing things. I don't want to break confidentiality. But out of everything we talked about, there are some blockbusters that are gonna happen. I feel very strongly. I, I, and maybe they don't. Then everyone comes running back, say, "What are you talking about, Matt?" Well, that's fair too because we're not sure. <laughs> so all this is just a bunch of wish wash. Who knows? But no, pretty strongly, there's gonna be some blockbusters that happen um, this year, some point, hopefully soon. It'd be fun to watch and to hear about. Okay, uh, you ready to stick around, uh, Wes, and play a little uh, statter fiction and maybe a little judge that disc golfer? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, let's start out because we haven't done this in a couple episodes. Judge that disc golfer. Here we go. I think. Oh, here we go. Judge that disc golfer. The game show where you judge a disc golfer you've never met. Okay, so I went over to the Capital Disc Open. This is just south of Albany, New York. I, we've already talked about this a little bit. Interesting, or I'd say interesting event. Great event. Interesting layout in the woods. Super wooded. I talked my piece on that. Great time. Great event. Probably the biggest in that area. But we did interview um, a few of the players out there. In fact, the player that we have coming up tonight is someone who won... <laughs> A CTP and the prize or a raffle and the prize was being judged on the show. (laughs) So they're like, next up, the prize for being judged on the Nick and Matt show. And the guy's like holding his head. He didn't like give his ticket in for like a long time. (laughs) It was pretty funny. Imagine that's what you win. Like, I would just be like sick. (laughs) That's awesome. I'm thinking like maybe $25 gift card, $50 gift card, something like that. No, I get to get judged by hundreds and hundreds of people when I tell them my internet distance. (laughs) So I didn't know that was originally going to be like a prize, but it was like on the moment. It was like the first raffle they gave away, like the first one. It's like warming up. Like, here you go. So this guy, see how excited he is. This is what he has won. Here we go. Let's introduce him. All right, man. I just met you. Go ahead and introduce yourself. What's your name? How are you? I'm Nick Warren. All right, Nick. Welcome to the Nick and Matt show. It's always funny when I get someone named Nick in this game because it gets confusing because co-host Nick has to judge himself, essentially. No. Ah, I like it. <laughs> Kidding. All right, so you're here at the Capital Discs Open. This is out in New York, just south of Albany. It's a big event. Uh, you competed this weekend. Yeah. Uh, tell everybody a little bit about your game. So how long have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing for about a year and a half now. Okay, a year and a half. Yeah. And what division did you play this weekend? I played MA1. Okay, so MA1, a year and a half. Do you have a rating or is this your first tournament? I have a rating, not my first tournament. Uh, it's somewhere in like the 880s right now. Okay, eight, like 80s. I'm gonna throw myself under the bus. <laughs> oh, I say myself. I played one of my worst rounds ever and it was 880 today. Okay. So I'm just kind of feeling out right now how <laughs> it went. Um, it's it's a learning experience, right? We all it, get that. Absolutely, especially okay. first couple tournaments. You know, yeah, for sure. Day. So um, you've played about a year and a half. You're rated around the 880 range. Mm-hmm. How did you place in the MA1 division? I placed ninth. I tied for ninth place. So I did pretty well, uh, especially. I, I felt like that. Yeah, and that was like a field of almost 30. So yeah. really good job there. Um, there's a mix of this this venue of open shots, like park style, and then there's also very, very oh, yeah. technically wooded. Um, so you had to have a whole set of skills out here. Mm-hmm. How did you feel like you performed uh, in the woods? I felt 
pretty good about most of my shots. I think uh, I stayed off off the trees as much as I could, and uh, really, I, I lost strokes putting. It was really the only uh, downfall I felt like. Okay, do, what do you feel like your strength is when it comes to disc golf? Um, I, I'm a very forehand dominant player. I like a flexy forehand, so that's uh, that's that's my style, and that's like I, my bread and butter. Okay. All right, let's ask the question here. This is what we've all come for, judge that disc golfer. Let me ask this question. How far can you throw a disc? Okay, I just realized I'm not supposed to be up on screen. It's supposed to be Evan. So while I possibly work on that, we're going to put Nick up first. Nick, you have to say um, what's happening here. I swear, I'm like 150 feet off every single time people do distance. So now I'm thinking flexi forehands. I'm going to go 400 feet. Okay. 400 feet to Nick. Uh, I'm, oh, see, I disappeared there. Now I'm going to work on getting Evan up. Um, 400 feet to, you said 400 feet, Nick? Yeah. Okay. 400 feet. And um, we're going to put up next question. Or, oh, see, now I got to move that along. Sorry, guys. We're working here. I'm working. Go ahead. Oh, my goodness. It's all getting crazy. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, uh, Wes. Sorry. Yeah. Forehand dominant player. He said putting was his weakness, so it, he seems like he's probably a pretty good thrower of the disc. Flex forehands, year and a half. It sounds like he's decent in the woods, so I'm guessing he doesn't have huge wide open dis distance. I'm going to go 350. Okay, 350 to Wes. Evan, you're I'm, up. I'm going to split the difference and say 375. I, I literally knew the second he said 350, I was just about to say Evan goes 375. Wes gets I always the go under. low, though, so this is new for me. It's a tough spot to be. Wes gets the under. Nick gets the 400 over. Evan, you're in the middle. Let's see how he answers. I can throw a disc uh, 400, maybe. <laughs> right on the freaking money. I tell you, forehand what? players, forehand players, some of them just have this nasty forehand flex line where, you know, they just, they bomb it. So, I don't know. All right. There goes a point for Nick out of the gate. Who's buying lunches tonight, Nick? I don't know. I need something, <laughs> though. I'll tell you that much. All right. Uh, let's get into question number two. How, if we were to hand you a stack of putters, 10 putters, and you had to go to Circle's Edge, and I'm not talking about how it went this weekend mm -hmm. for you. Maybe it's good or bad. <laughs> 10 putters from Circle's Edge. How many are you going to make? All right. How many putts is he going to make? Wes, you're up first. Five. Okay, five out of ten. Um, what, what's your reasoning for that? Do you feel like he, that's just a good guess? If he throws 400 on a forehand, you know, he said he's only been playing for a year and a half, but 400 on a forehand is pretty, pretty strong. So I think he's downplaying his putting. He finished ninth in a, a big M1 field. I, I'll give him 50%. All right. Evan, you're up. I think he might uh, be saying his forehand's a little farther, or it might even be his backhand. I think he throws a little bit farther, you know, not <laughs> selling it too much, but a little bit. I think he's underselling his putting, and he can do 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10. Nick, you get the last. I'm going to take the under. I'm going to go 4 out of 10. <laughs> All right, 4 out of 10. Let's see how he answers. Here we go. 8 of them. All right, 8 out of 10. That's pretty good. Is that how it went this weekend? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd, I'd give it, give it that. Good. Good. Without a doubt. All right. Eight out of 10. Who's that point go to? Move that guy up. Evan? Th yeah. I was just about to say throwing 400 feet, putting eight out of 10. Is that Evan? Yeah, that was me. Let's go. 
I, I think this guy's only been playing a year and a half, finished ninth in MA1. That's pretty good for a year and a half, uh, especially with how many players there are. I think this guy's confident. Not saying it's a bad thing, just he's confident. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he would have beat me that on, weekend. <laughs> I would have beat me too. <laughs> All right, here we go. Question number three. When it comes to tattoos, mm -hmm. first of all, you don't have to answer this, but do you have any tattoos? I do. Are any of them disc golf related? Uh, not yet. Not yet. Well, here <laughs> we go, everybody. You got to vote really hard for Nick to get a disc golf tattoo. And if it's going to be one of the following, uh, a single basket, yep. okay? That's just very generic, but it is what it is. You have a basket with a putter hitting the front rim. Okay, that's it. See, people watch your facial expressions. If you're listening in audio, he's giving me the, hmm, I'm thinking about yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, or you could have a Tasmanian Devil, so cartoon style, 360 drive. All right. Okay. Or you can get a disc golf phrase of your choice. Maybe grip it and rip it or death putt or something that you like, right? So if you're going to go with one of those four types of disc golf yeah, tattoos, what are you going to choose? All right. So first up is Evan. What disc golf tattoo does he choose? I thought one thing until I heard that he was actually planning on getting a disc golf tattoo, and that kind of changed on my thinking. I'm going to go single basket. Single basket. Uh, I think it's Nick. Yeah, Nick, you're up. Basket with the doink putt. Ba doink putt. Yeah, it's All a right. Doink putt. Wes, you can choose any that have been chosen for this one if you'd like to, or your own. I'm going to go with the disc golf phrase. He strikes me as a disc golf phrase guy. Do you think he's going to have some really unique phrase of his own, or maybe it'd be something that is really nah okay who knows year and a half he's going with something stock stock grip it and rip it <laughs> let's see here we go answer number three coming up i'm probably gonna choose the basket hitting the basket oh hitting the, right. the basket hitting the basket all right the doink putt <laughs> that's so that's funny. what i was waiting for i, I goes, celebrated too early the basket and then he goes hitting the basket <laughs> all right nick you got it. All right. Nick's in the lead. Two to Evan with one. Wes, zero. All right. Uh, un good news. People are telling me in the chat the Patriots don't have zero right now. They have eight. So we're doing okay. All right. Well, Here. what's funny, though, is he picks the, uh, and someone just said this, he goes, he never doinks putts, Nick. Eight out of ten putting. <laughs> so then wow. I'm like, oh, yeah. so why are you getting the doinked putt at? Well, where yeah. did the other two go? Yeah. Yeah. I mean. The two that he missed are the ones that stand yeah, out. Those, those are spit yeah, outs, go, of course, yeah, you yeah. know? Oh, absolutely. Dead All center. They right. have to be. So Evan has to get this right to push a playoff. Wes, if you get it, at least you're tied for second. <laughs> Here we, here we go. Question number four. And now let's go to a question I don't feel like we've done very often as, as of late, but here it is. In your year and a half of playing disc golf, how many aces do you have? How many aces does Nick have? Nick, the interview, Nick. All right, uh, Wes, I believe you're up. Or oh, no, Nick is I up. I think I saw oh, this Nick one. Is up. Yeah. Um, year and a half, he has three. No, that's a lie. He has two. <laughs> Nick, don't lie like that. All right, Wes, you're up. I'm going to say five. This guy's, this guy's confident. He's probably thrown at least five in. Borderline 11. <laughs> okay. I'm going to be honest. I don't think New England has a ton of super easy courses that are just ace fests. I like, I think it's going to be more like, I think it's zero, but I'm going to, I'm going to play the game and I'm going to say Maine, one. Maine has a ton of them. I know he's in. New well, York. you're playing the yeah. game, but yeah. zero has been yeah, answered yeah, yeah, yeah. before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm playing the game. So I'm dumb dibs, dibs yeah, yeah, yeah. on one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's so that way it. I get zero too. Yeah. That's right. You get yeah. zero. Nick said two. Uh, Wes said five. 
Okay, let's see how he answers. Oh, zero. I have not had an ace yet. Okay, zero aces. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you just answered all of our questions, and now we know a little bit more about you, and we get oh. to judge you as a disc golfer. <laughs> Sounds uh, like fun. Thanks for coming out today. Thanks for participating, and uh, appreciate your support. Thanks a lot, Matt. Appreciate it. All right, there's a point for Evan. We, we have a, we a tie. tie. Yeah. Dang it. Sorry, Wes. <laughs> ah, it was fun. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of a tiebreaker here from what I can remember about something. I was doing a tiebreaker for a different interview we were doing, um, so I'm not going to have a good one for this one. We'll think about it. All we right. don't have to do it now. All right, we'll think about it. We're going to roll this over into stat or fiction, so let's get out of Judge sure. That Disc Golfer. Judge That Disc Golfer. Well, Evan can't the game show where you fiction. judge a disc golfer you've never met. That would be a very it's, unfair advantage. It's actually true. Evan can't play Saturn Fiction, so this is team. <laughs> I'm rolling over into Evan's points. Ooh, okay. Do you have, did you, what'd you have there for points? Two? Yeah. Oh, that's right, a tie. Mm-hmm. I'm coming in strong. <laughs> All right, we're going to roll it into stat or fiction. So. <laughs> there's the whistle. So I don't know. I never noticed that before until tonight, and I've heard it both times. Maybe it didn't make it through. We'll see. All right, here we go into stat or fiction. All right, Stat or Fiction, as always, presented by Stat Mando. Now, <laughs> look at this is all messed up. I like beyond messed up with with how everything's going right now on the um, switcher. So, Evan, you got to lead us into this, but now I've got to switch some names around. This should be fun. All right. So, uh, Nick, you mentioned last week that you noticed that there were zero 1100 rated rounds in 2021. That was this. That was actually, this was, it's still 2021, so this is all weird for me to word it, but um, if it continues, this is the first time since 2007 that there have been zero 1100 rated rounds. That is true. Here on to the stat or fiction is 2019 had the most 1100 rated rounds in one single year with eight. Which, which year? 2019 had the most 1100 rated rounds in one single year with eight. Dude, I hate this because it's going to be like, no, it was seven. <laughs> well, that's the fun part about it. You want me to start again? Uh, Yeah, go ahead, Nick. Stat. Oh, I feel like that. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna, yeah, go ahead, Wes. I'm going with stat, too. Yeah, I'm going to go with stat. All right, stats are going up. Um, I'm going to say fiction. And let's roll the dice here and see how it plays out. What do we got, Evan? All right, let's go Team Evan. Matt, that is fiction. Wow. Um, nice. 2019 with eight is correct. That's true, but 2012 had 11. Oh, wow. Oh, it was which one? Had, what was the question? I thought it was, did 2019 have, have the most 1,100 oh, rounds in one single year? I, I totally eight. missed that. Gotcha. So I thought we were just saying 2019 had uh, eight. I threw gotcha. you off. I threw you off because yeah. I said honest, that. What year did you say? 2012? 2012 had 11. Had 11? Jeez. Yeah. What for That's funny. All that. My little comment about, no, it's probably seven that yeah, year. I, I, I definitely off. thought it was eight, and that's why I was like, I think that's a stack because 2019 yeah. was a pretty pretty incredible year disc golf wise i mean paul got he no my point is we were yeah. focusing on the year i did not many. yeah i did not think of that all right so now i have the lead 
Thank you for that that um, boost there, Evan, coming into this. He literally years. has the email. He knew that. <laughs> Evan's over here, like, sending me papers under those <laughs> yeah. displays. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Holding fingers under the desk or something. <laughs> no, we're not. We're playing footsie, <laughs> though. Okay. All right. <laughs> one oh, tap for statue. Yeah, one, one tap. That's funny. <laughs> one tap for true. All right, here we go. All right. Give us the next one. Okay, so... Um, Another true fact to start it off, uh, Matt Oram shot an 11.02 rated round in round five at 2008 Worlds while he was rated 10.11. This makes Matt Oram the lowest rated player to ever shoot an 1100 rated round. That is at the time of shooting it. So when Matt Oram shot an 1100 rated round, he was rated 10.11. All right, Wes, you're up. I'm going to go stat. Matty O's a, a baller. He's been around a while. I feel like that's a stat as well. Nick is sitting there stat. thinking, okay, Nick's a stat. Well, we're not losing points on anybody here. All right. How does this play out, Evan? Uh, got you all. This is uh, fiction. Wow. I, it's crazy. Me what I do. Uh, yeah. I mean, this will make people question the rating system as well. Uh, in 2011, Terry Gallup's shot an 11.03 rated round while being rated 1,003 at the Lake Reedsville Charity Winter Bowl. Um, there's probably like nine or ten people in the division. No one had a 1,000 rated round except for him. He was at 1,100. Everyone else was below 1,000. He was 11 strokes better than the next player that round. What? But Matt Oram was second. <laughs> Nick is now getting his inside scoops. I went to his camera. He's like yeah. looking at his phone. Oh, really? <laughs> All right, no points. All right, so last question. Unless Nick gets it right, then there's a tiebreaker. So let's, All right. let's see. Flipping it over to the FPO side and kind of similar. Uh, 2021, starting with the lead in stat, 2021 had the most 1040-plus rated FPO rounds with four. And this doubles the previous record that was set in both uh, 2018 and 2020. So the stat or fiction is, Paige Pierce had zero of these 1040 plus rated rounds in 2021. So there were four in 2021. The stat or fiction is that Paige Pierce was zero of them. She had zero in 2021. You have the box, man. That's this year. This right? year, Paige Pierce had zero 1040 rated rounds or higher. No way. That is fiction. Uh, Nick, you're up. All right, we'll I have to go stat. <laughs> that's right but is that but is that what you feel i'll put you down uh, in stat i mean what's kind of funny is i actually do kind of feel that way because okay. a lot of the a lot of the tournaments that she won or played very well that she did consistently play well at but there wasn't a lot of 1040s um obviously there was only four of them but I, 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 i'll go stat okay yeah you have to i mean but okay wes you can yeah. get um, i'm gonna go yeah you can get two points if you get it right <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna go uh that as well i know it was a, a tough year for her but she started out on a heater did good at worlds uh going stat all right let's see how it plays out all right the answer is stat uh she wow nick i don't have the exact number but she had uh two 10 30 range rated rounds none of 10 40 or above so it wasn't like she did nothing like 10 30 is obviously incredible um it was Haley king own scoggins Haley king again and katrina allen I was gonna say I know Haley had one or two of those own with the 1053, and then Katrina had Katrina had the 1042 or something like that. I knew Haley had one, and that's where I was like, I don't think Paige had one though. And then 
just a wild uh, stat. Um, before this season, there have been eight, if I'm counting up the numbers correctly, 1040 plus rated FPO rounds. Paige Pierce owned five of those eight. But mm. had zero of the four this year. Mm. All right. Interesting. So we're tied up. If I had, did my math right, three. Wes, you got on the board. That's at least something to be proud of. <laughs> you didn't get skunked. And uh, Nick and Matt are battling. Nick came in the studio to do this. I think we have to break this with a arm wrestling match. No. Well, I'm going to say right now, I lose. No, we both are like, we're both going to lose. He just worked oh, all Oh, it's day. me against you? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. I thought it was me against Evan. I was going to oh, say, yeah. Then, no, I, oh, I, you vastly overrated yeah. me. Oh, oh well, I mean, So Nick goes wrestling. against still, Evan I mean, first. Yeah. Nick against Evan first, and then yeah. I'll go against Evan after Nick. Nah. <laughs> all right. So what are we going to do? I know you're usually ready. Um, yeah, let's do this. Uh, uh, closest to the correct number, not a stat or fiction. Uh, how many 1,100 rated rounds happened in 2020? 1,100. Yeah. 2020. Yep. Uh, who's first? Whoever you. wants to be first. It's three or two. Three. Six. Matt gets it. On the head, three. Oh, baby. Yes. 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 I don't know why I was feeling it. It was like, I'm like, it's not that many. Yeah, I don't know who it was. Paul and Ricky oh. and. Yeah, I'd have to look it up. Paul or something. I That's just okay. have the numbers per year. All right. Let's get out of Stat or Fiction brought to you by Stat Mando. Thanks for partnering with the Nick and Matt Show. Wes, thanks so much for coming on. I hope you had a good time. You, you added some great points and. Uh, contributed awesome to our conversation thanks for coming yeah appreciate you guys having me always fun uh i don't know if anybody says yes faster to this than i do but <laughs> i'm always pumped to join anytime Thank you guys you. Yeah. need or want to have me just hit me up i'm always down sweet well i mean barsby turned us down lavisca turned no. did barsby actually turn us down <laughs> listen and no in all seriousness west we've actually talked pre off season we're like hey let's do something together during the off season like let's make something happen so like this was already lined up but my point was like yes actually greg got back to us and was like hey i'm going out to a birthday with my girlfriend i think it's his girlfriend or somebody yeah and uh kale's like i'm just getting to the airport to get on my flight we'll do it another time so we would like to have oh, bars tonight you're saying <laughs> yeah. oh i gotcha i gotcha we'd like to have yeah, bars yeah, yeah. beyond we'd like to have kale on yep. um but contributing you know what it would have been awkward to have some of those conversations with them so i'm glad west came on. yeah exactly <laughs> hey so barsby like uh, do you feel undervalued yeah. and like why did you resign <laughs> like, yeah is uh ricky leaving are you the new headliner yeah. <laughs> so um anyways we've made it to that point nick uh we'll close it out west you can hang around for the closeout if you want so let's get it yeah anyways so everyone uh watching right now please go ahead and hit that thumbs up button that'd be greatly appreciated um we very very much thank you for tuning in tonight if we do not see you have a very merry christmas have a very happy holidays whatever you guys all celebrate um to everyone listening post audio produce everything like that thank you once again tell someone you love them and we'll catch you in the next one that's right wes evan nick you guys are awesome appreciate see you around the nick and matt show a disc golf podcast designed for you the disc golfer Find the Nick and Matt show on your favorite podcast platforms or stream us live exclusively on the Foundation Podcast YouTube channel.